This is episode 23, season 2. 23. Yep, and I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. Sweet. All right, and we get together every couple weeks to talk about TV shows, comic books, all that good stuff. Um, so, what have we been watching? What have we been reading? I just watched Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Oh, that was yeah. good, I thought. I watched I the last it. two because I didn't see the one where they named the child and the one with Gorgu or, no. or something. Grogu. 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 I did not realize that a Tuscan Raider gaffy stick was that effective at taking out stormtroopers. Holy crap. I guess if you can wield it correctly, it is. Right? Jesus. Apparently, that's what Boba Fett was beating up those stormtroopers with. That stick, he was like breaking through helmets and stabbing through armor. Yeah, he was going through their armor with that damn stick. It was pretty impressive. I don't don't know why Stormtroopers wear armor. I know. I mean, I thought it would at least be good against, like, blunt objects. Nope. Apparently not. Yeah, apparently not. It's just their uniform. Don's kind of out of the picture frame. It's just their uniform. It's just their uniform? It's just their uniform. It instills fear? Apparently it's supposed to. I don't know, man. Stormtroopers seem woefully ineffective in most situations mm-hmm. yeah ever since they stopped uh, using clone troopers but those death troopers or whatever the hell they were that come flying out of the sky those seem to be pretty effective oh yeah those guys they were like are, were those droids i couldn't tell i think so i, I think know. they might be effective but i mean there was nobody stopping him except passed out baby baby yoda gorgu yeah i might keep calling baby yoda gorgu so let's talk we i guess we've had two episodes got back together grogu is that really the best they could do i mean i want something catchy i don't know i think now they can reissue all the toys and now they'll call it grogu that could be. So it'd be just yeah, the same toy. Yeah. I'm just thinking, all right, you guys got to come up with a name, and that's the best they come up Like, okay, so Yoda. Well, it's definitely not Remember a there was a Jedi? Season. No. There was a Jedi. Like um, Jedi Council in episode one, there was a Yoda species girl. I think her name Yaddle. was Yaddle. I really wanted something that started with a Y, like Yogu or Yoka or Yadya or something, you know. I don't know that it matters. Anything would be better than Grogu. They should have just gone with yogurt. Go. What was it? Uh... What was Spaceballs? Yogurt. Was it yogurt? Yeah. They should have gone with that. That's true. They should have went with that. They're pretty almost at yogurt with Grogu. You take Grogu and Yoda and you pretty much get yogurt. They should have just compromised. Gogurt. What did you think of uh, Rosario Dawson as a soap? I think she was pretty good. 
I didn't really recognize her too much, actually. So, let me ask I you. I was really surprised. I thought that she did a really good job. That I would have envisioned that character to do. Sorry there. Go ahead. No, that's fine. The not Star Wars guru that I am. So, this is after Return of the Jedi. Right? Yes. Correct. So, where the hell was Ahsoka, Toto, whatever? Where the hell was she in all the three? There were no Jedis. Except Yoda. Well, he was the only one left. So, by the end of Rebels. Yes, he is. So at the end of Rebels, she actually kind of takes off with one of the characters to go find another Jedi Padawan type character. And supposedly maybe she helped fight on like the resistance type or the Empire on like another planet and things to try to help keep this particular planet's independence and things. Now why she didn't decide to rise up and be better to go against Anakin, maybe it was because she lost in you know, to him in so many damn fights in the past that she felt like she couldn't. She wasn't the one to to that could overtake him. I don't know. So, little Star Wars lesson, Don. Since you haven't watched the Clone Wars, you haven't watched the Clone Wars. So in the Clone Wars, Ahsoka was um, Anakin's Padawan, but at one point she got framed for a crime, and they were hunting her down. And she went to the Jedi Council, and instead of taking her side and believing her that she was innocent. They sided with uh, the government and were helping hunt her down. Well, then it came out that she was innocent and she was kind of pissed that the Jedi Council didn't um, stand behind her. Mm -hmm. And so she left the Jedi Order. So she no longer is a technically part of the Jedi Order. She still has force powers and she still can use the force, but she's not technically a Jedi. She broke away from them. So they're kind of calling her like, you know, there's yeah. light side and dark side. They're calling her like gray, like a gray side or gray Jedi. Yeah. She's not really... She's not really with the Jedi, and she's not really, you know, with the Sith or the dark side. She's kind of in the middle. And that's why I'm, I think that's why part of why she didn't want to train baby Grogu is because she's like, well, I'm not technically a Jedi. I don't, you know, follow the Jedi order anymore. Gotcha. And also, I, yeah. well, she said in an episode that. that she, that's a very good point. She was worried he would turn dark. Mm. So, but, yeah, because she's okay. not a very, I mean, she didn't feel like she would be the proper teacher. She had no, you know, she never made it to that final standpoint. She never really made the level of Jedi Knight, let alone, or maybe she did Jedi Knight, but definitely never, never Jedi Master type of thing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But, okay. but without that background, I think there's there'd be a lot of questions. Like say, people, I like to say, unless you'd seen that background, I think there's some subtext there that you might be missing or whatever. Ah, uh, gotcha. Well, I should watch like that, you, but I just started. Well, like you were saying, or, you know, even in Rebels, you know, she's still trying to help kind of the resistance, you know, and things, but she was more on the outskirts. And in Rebels itself, she has a face off against Darth Vader, realizes it's Anakin, and she oh, damn near gets killed, you know, from that. So uh, I think that there was probably something there to that as well, realizing she's not the one that can that can do this by herself. Yeah, I enjoyed seeing her in um, Mandalorian. Yeah, I don't pay I attention. Too. Like I, I didn't. It, I don't. It turned know out to be a lot play. better than I thought. I don't. Oh, 
I was just going to say, I don't know, like, who plays who. Like, I don't keep track of that. So I just watched the episode, and it came on, and I was like, that's, uh, because Barbara's watching it. I'm like, that's the chick from Clerks 2. Yeah, Rosario Dawson. <laughs> but I'm like, who is that? Because yeah. I know Barbara knows that. She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, sitting there the whole time, I'm like, I know who that is. I can't think of her name. And then I and then I think I finally remembered it or whatever. And she's like, okay. Wasn't she in the spirit? I've only seen the spirit one time, and that Maybe was at the she movie wasn't. theater. So she was in. Sin I would like City. to see that movie again. Okay, yeah. maybe I got confused. I thought maybe, but maybe it was Eva Mendez who was in Spirit. I don't know. Could be. I started watching the X Men. Oh no! Which one? X Men from like the nineties. What are you watching now? Oh, really? Disney. Cool. Is that uh, Brian Singer? I, I started... No, 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 no. The, the cartoon. cartoon. The TV, the cartoon. Oh, okay. Animated series. Okay. X-Men cartoon. Um, it's called X-Men the Animated Series. Yes. Because I, I probably... I remember when that first came out, I watched it, but then I was in that weird phase where I kind of got away from it. Yeah. And didn't finish it. And there's a lot of like I, I was that weird phase being in like your twenties and getting married? Probably. <laughs> but uh well I don't know, it just and even now, like I know like, you know, people that are probably what, ten years younger than us or yeah. fifteen years younger than us, like they all talk about, oh, that was the shit the bomb. Like, yeah. like that was their that was our G.I. Joe yeah, it was pretty cartoon <laughs> and our He Man cartoon. Yeah. Like, for them. And they're not great. Like, um, it's almost hard to get through them. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, but I, I'm interested because, like, I've only, I've only watched like the first six episodes or whatever. But I went through the episode list, and you know, it does like, you know, Days of Future Past, and it, it does a lot of the um, comic book stuff yeah it's fairly and, and you know like they'll i i mean cables in some of the yeah later episodes and bishop and they bring all that stuff in it's just i don't know we'll see maybe it gets better i don't expect it to i mean it's probably going to be more of a job or a yeah. chore to watch them than enjoyment but in the early 2000s there was, there was a x-men cartoon called like x-men evolution or yeah, something i thought that, that was too. actually pretty good like i remember watching that a little bit and thinking the animation was pretty decent and the writing was pretty good. Yeah. But uh, I didn't, obviously I was in my 20s and just got married, so I wasn't really right watching it religiously. So, yeah. Cool. I did watch a uh, what have I documentary, I, I think. On, I watched a documentary on Amazon uh, that was called Chris Claremont's X-Men, and it talked a little bit about the rise of... Yeah you know, Chris Claremont and at Marvel and working with, uh, uh, what was it? It's like, uh, and, and di the different people through there and the head budding, you know, that he had with the different, uh, editors and chiefs and things like this over different stuff. And, and, uh, you know, ultimately his kind of not really downfall, so to speak, but, you know, really where the, you know, ultimately there, I think in what the nineties, uh, the disagreements that they had and pretty much, you know, he just was asked to, to leave kind of the company, you know, in a lot of ways. 
but it didn't seem like he really... Chris Claremont. What's that? They picked Jim that? Lee over Chris Claremont. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. And then Jim Lee left. Yeah, for image and things, yeah. I I couldn't get through that. I'm surprised you did. I watched like 20 <laughs> minutes of that, and I couldn't take the, any more of the Claremont. It was just, I created this, and I did this, and this is what I did, and I did this, and I'm Claremont, and I don't know. It just really? had a weird vibe. I hmm. could, I, I was, I, I tried to watch it. I might try to go back to it. I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I never really felt that way about it too much but who was that uh editor that he was or not editor but his like boss that he'd bring stuff to i can't remember his name Ralph Macchio? uh no bob harris jim shooter oh bob harris I bob harris that last, no the next one what was another one that you said jim shooter yes i think that's who it was it seemed like those two butted heads a lot. I think everybody butted heads with Jim Shooter. Yeah, he's a uh, bit it of a could be. I just found his – I didn't know much about him, though, either, you know. And it sounded like he was writing – or he was sending stories to D.C. when he was, like, a tween, when he was, like, 13 and stuff. And then, you right. know, they were like, yeah, okay. Era. They kind of brought him in, and then he ended up getting hired at Marvel, you know, making his way – up the ranks, you know, and stuff, but it sounded like he was a bit of a, almost damn near a prodigy when it came to some of that stuff. I read comics in the 60s. Didn't take no. genius to write them. I mean, <laughs> that's probably I'm true. Probably true. I'm just kidding. Jim, no, Jim Shooter's a, a good creator, writer. I don't know. I mean, he was the editor in chief, like when we got into comics, like yeah. in the eighties. So I mean, that, hey man, he made Secret yeah. Wars. He did what got me into comics. He did make Secret Wars. So I'm not trying to bash him. Nah, he's an interesting character. Yeah, it he's very tall. He also created. He also created Valiant. He did, and then lost it or got kicked out with the divorce That's true. or something. I don't know. Yeah, that story I'd like to. No. Oh. It's pretty simple. The investors forced him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I know, but I think it was because, like, he got, he was, like, going through a divorce and there was something with his ex-wife, like, oh, maybe company or something. I don't know. I, don't know. I didn't hear that part. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I thought I was going to say something about it. It's all gone now. Hmm. Cool. I don't know. I just found the interaction oh, between Claremont that. and Shooter rather amusing when it came to the dark Phoenix saga and, you know, and they were like, how do you end this? And, you know, their original ending shooter didn't like it said, no, go try again. And then they came back and said, okay, we're going to kill her. He's like, okay. And uh, they're like, wait, 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 no, we didn't want you to agree with that, you know? And uh, then, but they ended up, you know, pretty much having to follow through on that. And, uh, you know, shooter though, at the time had promised them that they'd never bring her back. And of course things happen and she comes back, but you know, uh, but I just found that whole story there in general kind of funny, you know, how they were trying to, they were, thought they brought an, an ending to him that was even worse than their first ending, and he was like, okay. <laughs> That's the one where they're really, they're talking to Chris, Chris Claremont, like, a lot, right? 
he's frozen. Uh, they're talking to him, but he's on he's on like a couch with uh, the two uh, lady editors or whatever that he worked with, okay. you know, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, uh, I did. I called them chicks. They're, they're the Claremont chicks. The CCs. The C squared. Um. No, I don't. I don't maybe know. I'll go back and watch it. I, maybe I was in a bad mood. I just could be. I was watching it and I just couldn't. Like I couldn't do it. Well, since I wasn't a real big X Men fan by any means, I don't really know that history or anything, and so I didn't feel like he was. I thought he was pretty well spoken and not really a, much of a an ass or anything or very arrogant. And I thought he was trying to give some of the credit around. He just kind of talked about some of the stuff, but he talked about, he did say, you know, in some cases he felt, you know, a lot responsible, you know, for these characters and where they went, you know, and that he didn't want to give up books, you know, and, and things like this and that he could do it all. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that's where some of that led to the end, you know, but even then, you know, whenever they filmed this, I think it was a good, you know, at least a decade after he had got canned, so to speak. And, you know, by that time he was like, yeah, I understand now I was an ass, you know, <laughs> in some respects, you know, I didn't do go do it as well as I probably should have. So, and I thought that was pretty, you know, uh, upfront about him you know so i don't know i didn't think he was portrayed in an unfavorable light but i thought he was fairly truthful as well but like i said i really don't know that history like as well as you guys probably do and so many comic creators they come across as kind of bitter and like spurned slighted mm -hmm. or whatever and yeah. claremont has that um you know uh jack kirby was always that way even oh, stan yeah. lee had a little bit of it um yeah. Uh, obviously, Alan Moore is a bitter old man. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean right. the road, a lot of the road is littered. Well, it's interesting because well, I'm trying to think because I had a thought and now I can't recall the thought. That's so maybe I'll think about it cool. later. But, oh, I know what it was. It, it all leads back to the Rob, Rob Servation podcast. Of course it does. But, now, I had that conversation <laughs> with, um, with, with, Brian, with Brian Hunter about Deadpool, about how Rob created Deadpool, and Rob, and Brian's like, yeah, but he wrote him and drew him. that last part. Yeah, he wrote him and drew him for like the same conversation. 15 issues. Yeah. And other creators, writers, and artists have come in he and made last part. Right, and made Deadpool who he is. I was listening to it, he and he was talking about, um, he, he, did an he did an episode on Stan Lee, where he just talked about Stan Lee and his career and this and that, and and he got to the point where they did those, I don't know if you remember, but they did like those interview videos where it was like mm -hmm. Stan Lee interviewing Rob Liefeld. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Well, I guess there was one, he said, I don't know if it ever came out or whatever, but they brought in Bob Kane. Yeah. Who Bob Kane is the guy that created Batman. Scott. Uh -huh. In case you didn't Thank know. Thank you. And so I believe they had I an interview that. with Bob. Okay. But they had an interview with Bob Kane and Stan Lee. And this is like 91, 92, where Batman came out in 89, and Batman was just effing huge, right? Yeah. Like, it was insane. And Bob Kane was, like, giving Stan Lee shit. He's like, I created Batman. <laughs> and Stan Lee's like, okay. 
He's like, and Batman is the greatest because look, it's Batman, you know? And I'm like, and I'm thinking back and I'm like, okay, you created Batman in 1939. Like your version of Batman is nowhere near the version of Batman that is on like the, the movie. You know what I mean? Like, because there's been hundreds and hundreds and thousands of artists and creators that have taken that character and transformed that character. So like when you say, you know, like even Stan Lee, like, you know, Stan Lee created the Avengers or Stan Lee created Spider-Man. Well, Spider-Man's probably not a very good example. Spider-Man's kind of stayed the same through sure. the whole thing. But any creation that's been around, especially like 80 years or 70 years or 60 years, that initial, just because you created that character, cool, you created that character, but that's not the version that you have now. And that's maybe not why it was pop. That's not why it's popular now. Correct. If other people hadn't come in and made that character better, it would have just died off and nobody would know who Batman is. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there, I don't know. It's just weird, a weird way to think of it. Yeah, like, it is interesting. Sometimes we almost give the person who created it too much credit. And they right. may have not even had any idea what they were creating at the exactly. time. And then it took on a life and so other people put their spin on it and made it more interesting. I mean, right. Without Dark Knight Returns, Batman probably would be, you know, nothing what he is today. I mean, that like completely changed the trick. Everybody who writes Batman now basically writes Frank Miller Batman. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, right. no one so, writes Bob Kane Batman. <laughs> right, right. But it, it is interesting. But, you know, you do, they do need, they do need to get the credit because they are the ones that came up with the idea. They created the character. They, they kind of molded it. I mean, you know, Batman's origin is still Batman's origin. You know, his parents were murdered and, you know, the, the crux of the character is there, but the popularity of that character has been, what do you call it? Has been, it's, it's a journey. You know what I mean? Like it's taken years and years and years to get to where it is now. So for Bob Kane to come out in like 1989 and go, yeah, I created Batman. Well, yeah, you did, but your version of Batman in 1989, your 1939 version, nobody gives two shits about. Like nobody's going back and reading 1941 Batman. You know? Are you still talking about Batman? But on the yeah. flip side, I'm done. But that's where maybe Chris, Chris Claremont deserves adding. a little bit more credit in some respects because while he didn't create the X Men, he took them to that next level in a lot of cases. And I mean, hell, even the movies really and pop like culture the that made him popular is based off of Claremont's stories and how he created some of those characters. Yeah. May I make a point? Yes. Oh, go ahead. Also, Sorry, I'm just, I've got a little point, bit of a lag. You do have a lag, a huge lag. Um, it, does, it is several seconds. Chris Claremont created... Chris Claremont created the version of the X-Men and that version of the X-Men has pretty much stagnated. Nothing has really changed a lot with the X-Men since what he created. He Especially did. his foundation is what everybody's been feeding off since. I don't think anybody has really completely re uh, reinvented or, evolution or re re revolutionized the X-Men since He then. didn't create the new X-Men. That was Lynn Wein. I'm saying his version of the X-Men, what he added to it. Oh, yeah, yeah is what everybody's been feeding off for the last 40 years. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody's yep. really done much different than what he did with them. No one's really made it their own the way he did. That's true. Okay. Thank you. I would... 
<laughs> like it's like you were just saying, yeah, Lynn Wayne created him, but he didn't do anything with him. Right. Claremont's the one who fleshed him out and developed him. And same with Byrne. Byrne gave I give him a lot of credit too. Oh yeah. But um Claremont more so because he did it longer and he did more for it. But right. I just don't feel like any X-Men writer since then has really done anywhere near what Claremont did. How about right. that? That's, yeah, that's fair. Probably okay. so. That's true. Maybe you might be able to make a point for Grant Morrison with his new X-Men run just because he shook everything up. He shook it up, but it, and a few things stuck. A few stuck, things stuck, but, but not much. No. I mean, I mean, you still got Zorn. You still got, what's that dude's weapon? Oh, Phantom X? Phantom X. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few things that are still hanging around. Thank right. You. But no, you you have a very valid point. Grant Morrison took a pretty good run. Hickman, history will tell it, but I think his run is going to maybe um, do some interesting things. But, yeah. No, that's, but, that's a valid, you know, good valid point. I agree. He didn't really do anything. Nah, he didn't do much with the X-Men. I mean, he just, okay. I don't know, nothing original, really. Not in my opinion. No, I would... I would, I would echo Drew. But anyway, I would trust you guys on That's anything X Men related. All right, should we talk about some comics? Scott actually gave Scott some stuff to read. Sweet. I don't know if he read it. Did you read anything, Scott? Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, firepower and on the stump. On the stump and firepower. that's all I read. Nice. I still got other stuff, but I'm a little uh, preoccupied, I suppose, with Christmas and crap right now. So. Oh yeah, that's good. I I gave up on Christmas. I gave up on Christmas. I was actually watching uh, a TV, a news, the uh, whatever, the, like the celebrity news show that comes on at like six thirty, whatever the hell it's called. And they were talking about how, like, you know, because of COVID and this and that. And apparently now there's a toy shortage because of COVID, because of manufacturing. And everybody's been quarantined. So they're buying all the toys all year long for their kids to play with. So they'd have something to do. So now there's a shortage at Christmas. They're like, and since you can't really see anybody, everybody's quarantined and there's no toys. Why don't we just do Christmas in March or April? I'm like, it's fine with me. Push it, dude. Do Christmas (laughs) in April. I don't care. It's all a marketing thing anyway. All, right. all, all of us have kids. Can you imagine a toy shortage? My kids have so many toys, and I've thrown away so many toys. I can't imagine there ever being a toy shortage. They're, they're, Just go to a garage sale, and there's, like, toys coming out of everybody's houses. They, they, that shows full of dumb people. Okay. Good, <laughs> Good to know, because it sounds ridiculous. It is. It, it is stupidly ridiculous. All right. I want to talk about – oh, no. I'm going to jump right in. I'm gonna talk about. Oh, right. I'm talk about this. First. That's what I want to hear. You got tons of notes today. I do have some, but this I didn't take notes because I actually I think I have a good handle on it. So I read A.D. After Death by Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire, and this came out like that four years like ago. Something I'd like. Didn't I read that? Man, that four years ago. Four years. It came out in like '96, man. Not 96, 2016. 2016. Yeah, it was that's probably like two, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I know. I know. I meant 2016. But uh, no, this book. Everything I seems like 1996, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. The thing that was interesting, these things take forever to read because there's a ton of prose in it. You probably hated this book, didn't you? Like when you read it, you probably hated no, it. No, I didn't hate oh, it. It's like pages fudge. and like pages and pages and pages of text. And then you get some you get some comic book and then it goes back to text and then it's like text, 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 comics. But anyway, I liked it a lot. So the premise of this book is they found the cure for death. So nobody dies, nobody ages, nobody dies. Um, but there's a very small community that's they're like, all vampires? I don't know, I figured it was. No, they're normal, actual normal human beings, but they can't reproduce, which as I'm reading it, I'm going, well, how does the population not get out of control? Oh, that's easy. Simple fix. You just say that the, the cure or whatever, it, it makes you sterile. So like you can't have children. Um, and one of the other side effects of it is because these people, has, he's the, the main character. He's lived for like, what is it, like 500 years or something, I sure. think. And so obviously your memory starts to go. So you don't, like, you don't remember things. Okay. Yeah, it does. It, Apparently it, it does. According it, to this book. it does go away according to this book. So yeah, well, there's a community. Right. There's a community where these people live and the, the main character, like it starts out with him in his childhood and he used to write things down. He has like notebooks and you know, he'd keep journals and things like when he was a kid. Um, and so it, it kind of jumps back and forth, like telling his childhood and then it'll jump to the present where he's living in this, this after death community, whatever. Um, and he, they, they, like he's working on a farm kind of sort of, but in his previous life, he was a thief. And so in this life, he has like his house and he steals things and he puts them in his barn or his shed or whatever. So he just has a collection of things. Um, and that plays a lot into it because like he was, um, what do you call it? He was like uh, on the internet, like in the dark web or whatever. And he would say like they would meet up and he'd be like, he would either have people steal things for him or he would go out and steal things. Like that's how they connected was like online. And so he'd been doing this for a while and then he goes to work one day and this guy shows up like this billionaire guy shows up and he sells like uh like mobile homes basically model modular homes and this this old guy shows up and he's like super rich and he's like talking to him he's like yeah he goes i want to put in a really big order because i'm building like this community and he's like, okay, well, we don't do out-of-state work because it's like out-of-state. And then he, he finally goes, do you you know who I am, right? And at, as he's doing this, like he has a deal going down, but he hasn't heard from the guy in like several hours, like past the time where he's supposed to check in. So he's like thinking in his mind that his life is going down the shithole because this deal went bad. Well, the guy goes, I'm the guy that was he pulls out the item that he was supposed to steal so he was the guy that he's been dealing with for years stealing things and he's figured out they his company or his pharmaceutical company has figured out the cure for death and so he invites him to come and be part of the community and so that's kind of where it leads up to and then he's in the community and he keeps like they have a listening 
like a listening post. They take turns. They go to this listening post, and they're trying to contact. Um, does any of this sound familiar to you at all? Have you read it? No, but I don't think I did read it. I think I've just I, seen so many advertisements for it. I probably did think that. It's something you're interested in reading because I don't want to spoil it if 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 you want to read. Yeah, it. go ahead. I don't. Know. I may someday, but okay. by the time so, I do, I'll probably long forget. Right. So basically, he's at this. They take shifts, like they take fifty-year shifts at different jobs, and then so it's cool. his turn to go to this listening post, and he's supposed to work at this listening post. And there's this scouting scouting group or whatever that they sent out back into the real world because they don't know what's been going on in the real world and it's supposed to be devastation and and creatures and just no humanity left and so he's trying to get into contact with this this group because they've been gone and they've been out of contact well he finally thinks he hears something like from someone and so he decides that he's going to gear up and go out into this thing and try to find these people. And so the, the main guy comes to him and he goes, dude, if you leave, you can't come back. Like once you're gone, you're gone. You can't come back. Whatever's out there, that's where you're going to be. And he's like, fine. He's like, I don't care. I just need to know what's going on. Like I need to find out what's going on. And so he leaves. And so it jumps back and forth. So like you see him at the beginning of the book, like, out searching for the for the outpost and then you learn about his childhood and then it goes in well the whole thing turns out at the end he gets down to like the shore and there's a boat there and they were supposed to take a boat out and come back and he's like oh it's the boat and the old dude shows up like right behind him on the beach and he's like what are you doing he's like i found the boat like i found they got to be around here and he's like dude you're forager like you were the one that went out on the outpost and then you came back and you didn't like what was out there. So you came back here so you could live here. He's like, you've done this like 15 times. <laughs> like you get oh, tied up every 50 years you get and you want to go and find them. And you're the one that you're looking for. He's like, stop it. He's like, this is it. Like, don't do it anymore. Come back with me. You know, and that's like the whole twist of the book. Like that's the end of the book, and like that's what it is. So, I don't know. It was kind of cool, and like I said, they do an interesting way that they tell the story and stuff. Um, it's kind of weird, like because there is a lot of prose in it. It's almost like a novel. Like I mean, it is. There's a lot of words, and I'm sitting there reading it, and I'm going, "Man, Scott Snyder could probably write a novel." You know what I mean? Like he's a good writer. Um, and I know Lemire is a writer too, so I don't know like how it broke down it I mean, says, it, written, it by says written by scott snyder and illustrated by, by jeff lemire but i don't know if you know lemire had some input or whatever but um it was really well done and i really liked it um it was cool i mean it felt more like a jeff lemire you know what i mean like totally. a jeff lemire matt kent kind of story yeah. like something kind of like that mm. um but it was done really well um the art the arts interspersed and then you know then they have dedicated pages panels and artwork and it was good i liked it I, overall i really liked it it was a good book so cool. yeah cool. it's a time i really <laughs> love it it just seemed like it kind of went nowhere like you said it kind of did it just kind of went in a circle right so i'm not sure i'm buying the premise that you're gonna your memory is gonna go after so many years I don't know. 
Well, I think, well, like I said, I mean, it, it might have even been like 800 years or 900 years. I, mean, I don't care how long it is. Well, it's, like Scott said, I'm 49. I can't remember shit from 20 years ago. Yeah, but you like, know, you I don't remember, remember, but you know what happened. Like, yes. you remember getting married. You may not remember, like, details, but you remember the general Well, exactly. Of it. But if you take that for, you yeah. take that for another 500 years. Yeah. I mean, the way I work, if, if I don't. I don't remember, like, if I don't go through Yeah, but that's why you have, like, photos and stuff to remind Well, yeah, you. and that's, like, he has those notebooks. And that was the part of it. Like, the guy says, because he goes into his garage and he finds his own his old notebooks. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I remember now, like, I wanted to go, like, I want to live my life. Like, there's a life outside well, of Why here. is everybody else not all confused? Why is it just this one guy? I, I don't know. Because <laughs> I guess they're content. I don't. I guess. I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple maybe plot holes or premises that you don't quite buy into, I but I mean, overall, it's a good story. I just cool. didn't. I didn't. Can't harp. It's well written. Those. Like I didn't. It, it is well written. I thought it was really well written, but you know. yeah. I mean, I remember kind of liking it at the time. It just didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember loving it to be honest. But maybe I need to revisit it. Maybe it's better the second time. I'm not saying I loved it. It you was like the best you? thing I read. You really liked it. I did like it. Um, I, like I said, I timed the last one because I'm reading those books and I'm like, dude, this seems like it's taking forever. Yeah, and it took me at an it took me right at an hour to read the last issue. So I'm assuming it took me about three hours. I don't feel like I wasted my time. Like yeah. I enjoyed it. And dear comic book creators, do not make your comics oversized. It's very annoying. There's no way to store these. They don't go to a comic book box. There's no bags and boards for them. They look awkward on a bookshelf because they're, at least these are square bound. They're like magazines. Yeah, they're exactly. They're like square bound magazines. Square bounds are useless or yeah. magazines are useless. They go in the trash. I'm kind of hoping that this black label, they've gone away from the oversized things, and now they're just doing black label in normal comics. Because I have nice. some of the old black label stuff, and I have some of the new ones. And the newer stuff that they're calling black label, they're actually just comic books. So Maybe. I don't know. I don't um, I'll do my big one, and then I won't have a whole lot else. I finished 100 Bullets. Nice way to spread that out. You had read like twelve issues last time, and now you yeah, I read the other eighty-eight. <laughs> now you read the other fifty <laughs> or something. Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Oh, that's right, because there's a hundred issues, right? Ah, uh, I forget. Crazy eighty-eights. Yes. So, um, hundred bolts is super good. Yeah. Um, the basic premise is that you don't find this out till about twenty issues in. The basic premise that they make you think it is is that there's this guy and he gives people this attache which has bullets and a gun and they're untraceable and he gives them evidence of somebody who wronged them and then he sees if they want to go and take revenge or if they don't and what they do with the gun and the, and the bullets he gives them and what they do. But it's kind of a test. Anyway, so after about 20 issues, you find out that there's this organization called The Trust. So many years ago, like probably like 1600s, they were a bunch of like noblemen or whatever over in Europe and they were kind of powerful, but they weren't kings and queens. They were just kind of powerful people. And they made it, they offered a deal to the kings and queens of Europe and said, Hey, we're going to go over to the new world. Leave us alone. We're going to split up the new world between the 13 of us or whatever. 
and we'll call that good and you guys stay here we're gonna go there we'll have our own little worlds well the kings and queens didn't like that deal so they sent people to what was it jonestown or whatever or oh um not jonestown but anyway that colony yeah whatever jamestown maybe. roanoke yeah that's not what it's called that was what they wrote on the or maybe it was Roanoke. Anyway, Roanoke was the name of the town that oh, yeah, Roanoke. Just disappeared. Correct. And so they they Europe tried to colonize with Roanoke, and these people are the ones who went and wiped that town out with this group of enforcers they have called the Minutemen. All right. Well, anyway, for hundreds of years since then, this trust, these thirteen families have been running basically the country. You know. And they have a group of enforcers called the Minutemen. There's seven of them. And they basically make sure that nobody in the trust betrays anybody else in the trust. They're basically the, you know, make sure that no family moves against any other family. There's well, apparently a few guards. years ago, correct. So apparently a few years ago, they tried to disband the Minutemen. And supposedly they were all killed, but turns out they weren't. So throughout the first, you know, 40 issues or so, this main guy who's kind of the leader of the Minutemen, he's going around and he's kind of reactivating and finding them. And you're getting like the backstory of each Minuteman and kind of learning who the character is and all that jazz. And at the same time, they're recruiting new Minutemen, right? So it's this really long, convoluted story. And there's like a backstory. And each character has a backstory. And then you're slowly learning more about the trust of these 13 families and, you're, and each Minuteman and some of the new Minutemen. So it's just really a bunch of characters all kind of interweaved in this very complex web, which was really difficult to make sense of when I read it in these hardcovers that came out like every five months or whatever. Right. But now that I said I read it all at once, it made a lot more sense. I could see all the connections, a lot more of them. There's still a few times during the telling where it's like, I feel like the storytelling failed me. Like they're trying to get some point across and that I'm not quite getting it, you know, like, I can tell that the writer wants me to catch something here, but I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be, you know, picking right. up on. I don't know if that ever happens to you guys, but, oh, uh, yeah. but anyway, it happened a few times. Not too many. Most of the stuff I felt like I picked up on and I felt like they did a good job of tying all the threads together and, you know, making everything kind of work and all that good stuff. So, but it's pretty cool. If you like, uh, stuff about like you know mafia where families are like betraying each other you'd like that if you just like kind of alternate history you know mm -hmm. i don't know it's just super violent you know a lot of uh you know sexy Do violence I remember but correctly, does dizzy have kind of a bad ending uh yeah kind of yeah she doesn't in great i don't think anybody has a good ending in this book yeah, that's probably true. Pretty much. Except for maybe Grimes or whatever. Pretty much. It's kind of a Quentin Tarantino ending where pretty much almost everybody, well, even Graves, he's pretty much. Oh, Graves. Much, there you go. All the ending, but yeah, he didn't have a good ending either. Nobody had a good ending, I don't think. I guess he kind of had a good ending in the sense Sorry. that he got like a, he kind of got what he, he got wanted, I guess. But it came out of, yeah. yeah, but it came at a pretty high price, I would say. So, um, yeah, no, it's super good but didn't and eduardo risso is the guy who drew like almost the whole thing i think there was one fill-in issue where they had like guest artists do like some splash pages but he drew like everything else yeah that's what and i his really art liked. yeah his art is really good throughout it for such a you know what would you say that kind of uh, i don't know gritty 
type of look, you know, that's needed for a lot of this. I just really like the art in that. Yeah, he uses shadow and like, uh, he has a really uh, kind of sparse line, but he uses a lot of shadow and he just does a really good job. He kind of reminds me of Frank Miller, like kind of mid-career mm. Frank Miller, you know, kind of like Electra Lives Again. Yeah area frank miller where he frank miller had that like real you know thin line and it wasn't but almost that but like a little bit when he started to do sin city but not full-blown sin city you know? right it's like somewhere right in between and it like just hits well, it that seemed sweet like spot a lot and... of his characters were very defined as well you know they always had not only their own personality but he brought it so well with the art you know that you could really tell lobo versus yeah you know, somebody else or, you know, all these characters apart very well. Yeah, for they a book that has... They had their own defining characteristics, you know. Yeah, for a book that is all, like, humans without costumes, every character is very distinct. And he does a really good job with character design and defining the characters to where you don't get confused, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty great book. I mean, I couldn't recommend it highly enough to anybody who likes comic books and kind of is looking for, especially if you're into like superheroes and you want something just a little, you know, different, you know, something non-superhero. This is a great book to, you know, delve or into. I mean, into the superhero thing, you know, in general, from a comic book perspective, yeah. this is a great, you know, kind of, it's in the comic world, but yet it's not that superhero thing. So, you know, just, it's kind of getting out of what people traditionally think, you know, comics are, you know, being a bunch of yeah. superheroes and stuff. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece, I think. I mean, it's definitely up there with one of the great achievements. I mean, it's hundred issues, but yet it all ties together. It's like one story and it just kind of has a bunch of little stories within it, but they all kind of connect. I mean, it's definitely, I don't know, it's a pretty amazing accomplishment in my opinion, but yeah, it holds up really good. Like, it's something that I can see kind of like watch more. You go back and you reread every five or so years or whatever, you know? Yeah. Cause I think every time you read it, you're going to catch a little bit more, you know, oh, yeah. like more, I can see there's that. a lot of layers. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But yeah. I was really happy that I finally reread it all together and it made my $50 per book purchase of this thing feel more Jesus, worth it. Is that what they cost? I mean, I didn't pay that. Obviously. Well, no, I, I got a discount, but uh, yeah, they're 50 bucks. Wow. Too. There's five of them. Five of them, so yeah. two hundred fifty dollars. They like an absolute. I know you, I mean, you have the single issues. No, no, these are just uh, oversized. I mean, they're, they're a little not, oversized. They're, they're, not oversized not they're not absolute. Cover. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. that was the absolute Vertigo, would be like, wasn't it? Every five or a hundred. Yeah, it was Vertigo. Yeah, those epi, okay. those absolutes are coming up to like. You're not gonna find them for seventy-five, hardly anymore. Yeah, that's one of those areas I kicked myself. I probably should have bought some of those absolutes of like the what? Didn't they have a like a Dark Knight one or something at one time? And I know they had, oh, yeah. you know, well, ones for like Sandman, and I think they had like a planetary version of that too at some point in time. Of I have the authority it. ones, I have the planetary ones, I have the same. Do you? Ah. I am so jealous. The planetary ones, that is like my favorite extraordinary of all time. Yeah. I have a, what uh, is planetary? Planetary by far. Yeah. I actually want to try to maybe, well, I say. I reread that recently. I want to reread, yeah. I did I it like to, this, this year. We need to do, 
we need to get on the coordinate. same page and coordinate and do our rereads at the same time. I agree. Pick one. <laughs> Authority. I, mean, Scott did, I kept saying I was going to do Why Authority. the Last Man when Scott did it. Authority. You want to read Authority? Do you have Authority? Um, I think so. But see, authority Three spun trades. out of Stormwatch, so are we just going to do authority? Yeah, or just do authority. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, how many? I got. We will. We'll figure that out off the off the podcast. But we okay. should do that. We'll figure out how many issues to read. We got four trades. It looks like. Okay. That's Maybe what five. I got. Well, I have that. I have four anyway. All right. I think I have the same four. So we might be all right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Cool. So just, you want to do a read, Scott? Uh, okay. I read Firepower. Yes. Now, is that the, that's the graphic novel? Yeah, whatever? the prelude. The prelude? Okay. I'm sorry. Have you gotten your trade yet? Of the volume one, the volume one, yeah. the trade. No, damn it! All right, I don't think it's out. Why huh? you want to read? I don't think it's it. out. Uh, no, I've read the single issues. I'm waiting for Daru to catch up. Oh, so I'm waiting for Daru. Like this? What the fuck, man? I don't ever happen again. <laughs> Fifteen years later. Oh, Fifteen yeah. years later. After, it's, like, he throws a goddamn spoiler thing, you know, fireball. So, he decides to retire and become a dad. Yeah. I guess. So, here's the thing. Yeah, Barbie. This is very, you could tell, like, Kirkman has been working on Walking Dead maybe too long or something like this. Because it's, and other things, you know, in general. Because he's very, you know working with these artists and they're doing just this great cinem cinematic type stuff, you know? I mean, hell, the first freaking, you know, six pages of this thing, there's no damn words, you know? It's it's just art, you know? And it's it's almost storyboards for for a television show in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, and there's it, it's almost that way I felt like throughout this whole thing. And all this really is is a, a big just freaking, you know, I don't know, prelude to probably a bigger story in a lot of ways. But what's amazing about this is it's Kirkman. So everything's freaking engaging and rather interesting and amusing and whatever else. He he has his way with words and I think the art, you know, by what is it, Samney, is really good on getting probably what Kirkman was wanting across you know, in some of this stuff for, for kind of world building in this way of some Kung Fu, you know, people that use the elements in different ways to, to try to defeat each other. It's such a damn, this is what pisses me off. This thing is so simple in concept and whatever else, but yet it is so good in a lot of ways. And it, it just makes me so damn envious of a guy like Kirkman who can, just pump this stuff out. I, I don't know how he does it. I, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a qu very quick read, which 
for Kirkman is kind of uh, amazing in some ways. But it, it's engaging. He can build the characters. And, and I, like I said, there's nothing really groundbreaking about it. You've read this type of story or seen it before. But it's still entertaining in its own way. I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. I'd like to see more, you know, type things, probably. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm I'm surprised, but yet I'm not surprised, it, it, you know, type of perspective. With the person involved in how he keeps finding good people to collaborate with, you know, and all this other type stuff, it's it's really cool. Well, that... You said it's like a prelude. That technically is how he built it. He said, yeah. this is a trade paperback that's a prelude. But he didn't put it out well, in a single issue. I kind of got that, you know, type thing. But it's so thick, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is... Yeah. Well, he put out the first issue of the series in the prelude at the same time. Oh, cool. So I take it the 15 years later is in the first issue, huh? Type thing? Yeah. Okay. All right, what's Don doing? I'm going to tackle this beast. What is that? Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock. I finally read Doomsday Clock. And is that Watchmen? Sequel, sequel to Watchmen. Yeah, and for some reason I bought two copies of number nine. But yeah, they're different covers. Cool. Yeah. When you got Doomsday Clock money, you might as well. Um, yes. So this is written by Jeff Johns and art by... Jeff, uh, Terry uh, Frank. Yes. Um, this is, I don't know, this is very, this is Jeff Johns doing Alan Moore doing Watchmen. Mm -hmm. He does it really well. I'm sure he does. He's a um, good writer. He is a very good writer. Um, so I did, I did take notes on this one because it is very dense, but I don't know. I guess I'll just kind of. Is Jeff Johns like, like writing the, like almost everything for DC anymore? Or is he like an overall like head of like, uh, stories or something it yeah, just seems like, like one i of the hear three, his name I think, attached like, to a lot he brought back the jsa like was one of the first things he did and then he was on green lantern and he did the whole green lantern sinestro core war and then i mean he basically revamped green lantern um, with your Sinestro Core War and then all the things that break out of that, you know, the Red Lanterns, the Green Lantern, you know, all the different yellow, all the different colors of the Lanterns. Like, that was all Jeff Johns. I think he did some Flash work, too, but I'm not really sure. Cause I, but, yeah, I think he is, like, I think at one point it was, like, Jim Lee and Jeff Johns and, like, Dan DiDio, and they each had, like, one title or a division or something or whatever. Um, but I'm not not sure he's been around for a while at dc yeah. but so this this was kind of like watchman this was notor this was late like this was really late and this was supposed to be which it is but i mean it was supposed to be like the next step for the whole entire dc universe like you know there were books that were waiting on doomsday clock to come out to tell their stories because they knew what Jeff Johns was doing with Doomsday Clock and Doomsday Clock was late. And so they just kind of carried on with their stories. And then I guess, I mean, I'm not a huge 
DC guys, so I wasn't waiting around for it. You know what I mean? Like it didn't affect me, but I think it had an impact on like their publishing and and you know it was supposed to be like this. Um, well, you'll understand when I talk about it. So basically, it starts out and Rorschach is searching for um, a character by the name of Marionette. Um, and right now, the in in the Watchmen world, the United States is at war with Russia, and they're getting ready to launch nukes at the United States. Um, Robert Redford Why? is the president. We had an alien that like uh, showed up that was supposed to cause world peace. Yeah, it it didn't work. Oh. <laughs> it didn't work. The world still went to shit. Damn. Worse off. Um, well, now I'm like totally so, just you so like then, blasted my whole view of Watchmen now. Ugh. I know, right? He ruined Watchmen. He ruined Watchmen in like the opening <laughs> pages. He ruined it. So Rorschach finds out that Marionette is in prison. So he goes to he goes to the prison, and everything's kind of chaotic. Like the guards are running away, and they're like, "Oh, we're all gonna die!" And so like Rorschach's walking in, and it's kind of funny because like Rorschach's walking down the thing and one of the, you know, the prisoners are like, hey, let me out. And Rorschach turns like, oh, no, never mind. I'll stay here. <laughs> like you're scared shitless of like Rorschach or whatever. Who wouldn't? And if you're like me, you're like, how the hell is Rorschach, how the hell is Rorschach still alive? Yeah, he died at the alive? end. Yeah, I'll get to that. Okay. But uh, oh, so that anyway, he true. finds yeah. Marionette. This is a weird sequel to yeah. watch for He finds Marionette. And he gets her out, and she's like, he goes, hey, my partner that I'm working with really needs your help. So I'm going to break you out of here. You're going to come with me. You're going to help me and my partner do whatever we need to do. And she's like, yeah, but my husband's, like, locked up, too. She's like, I'm not going anywhere without him. And Rorschach's like, well, I was only supposed to get you. And she's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. He's like, okay, fine. Let's go get him. So they go. And they get, um, and her husband's name is Mime, which he he's kind of a cool character. I don't know these guys. I think they're just new characters that were created for this. Like, I've never seen them before or whatever. But, um, so then, like, in, at the, he's, like, breaking them out or whatever. And he takes his, his gloves off. And you can see that he's not white he's he's african-american so we know now that this is not the original warshack this is somebody else that's warshack um and we'll learn who he is later on um so then the black racer they break him out right it's the black racer so they break him out or they break he breaks them out and then he takes them and da, 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 it's v so we've got uh ozymandias v or whatever so these are the that guys bite bite however you say it bite Ozymandias. How do you say Ozymandias? That's right. Okay. Ozymandias. I always um, butchered that. And so Beat's like, Beat's like yeah. Vite. Vite is like, yeah, we need you guys to help me find Dr. Manhattan because we don't know where the hell Dr. Manhattan is. He's on Mars. Mm hmm. And so, that, and so then. Now we. <laughs> right, right. So now we flash to Superman, Clark Kent. He's in bed and he has this, he has a nightmare. He has a dream about when his, when Ma and Pa Kent died. They take him to the prom and they drop him off. And he goes into the prom and as they're leaving, 
they get hit in a they get in a car wreck and they both die. And that's how mom and pa can't die. And so he wakes up in a sweat and Lois is there. Yeah. So he wakes up in a sweat and Lois is there and she's like, Are you okay? And he's like, Yeah, I had a nightmare. And she's like, Have you ever had a nightmare? He's like, No, I don't think I have. So that's the end of the first issue. Are you gonna do this for every issue? I am. It's very it's not how we do. So. Okay. All right, so you want me to just give you like the nuts and the bolts then? Yeah, give like, me the nuts happened? and the bolts. Okay. I don't want like a blow by blow, scene by scene. All right. oh, damn it. This is dense. <laughs> it's thick. It's like it's there. But okay, so the the gist of this book, so they go and so Dr. Manhattan gave up on that world. And he came to our world. He came to our world and he appeared in like 19, I don't know, 1945 or 1938, 1938, somewhere around there when, when Superman is born. Gotcha. And so, or when Superman arrives on Earth. And so he's been fucking around with this world the way he was fucking around with the other world. He's been jumping back and forth in time. Um, and so like, basically is what, what Jeff Johns did is ultimately... He made it to where every crisis that we've had, every every incarnation of Superman, how like Superman's been remade in 1985, yeah. Superman was remade. That was all Doctor Manhattan messing around with the timeline. Like he goes back in time and he stops the JSA from being gotcha. created, and then so, nobody knows who JSA is. So that first scene that you described in the first issue was that the old world. Um, yes, because they, they are beat, bite, beat, and, and, Rorschach and Rorschach are still in the same world. are still oh, in the same world. world. Okay, and so is what happens is so he grabs this oh, I got it. Yeah. right. Yeah. So he grabs this mime character because at one point on their world, mime and um, Marionette robbed a bank, and Doctor Manhattan came to stop them, and he saw that she was pregnant so he let them go like he didn't kill them so in in bite beats mind there's a reason she's important so she, he needs to use her to find dr manhattan gotcha and so he transforms the al the archie that ship he makes it to where they can go into different worlds and they can track dr manhattan so then they come to our world and um so then we they're tracking dr manhattan in our world um the comedian shows up cool the comedian shows up and like because we go when they get to earth our earth Veet goes to see lex luther and rorschach goes to meet batman of course and so when um beat is with the awkward they meet booster gold and, right uh, Blue Beetle. when veet is with um lex luther the comedian shows up and tries to kill um beat and he misses and he shoots lex and now you're like well how the hell is the comedian here well we find out later on that at the moment where the comedian is falling out from beat when he knocks him out of the apartment or whatever and he's falling to the ground yeah dr manhattan pulls him out of there and brings him into this world, the Superman world, like the Superman Batman world. And then, so now the comedian's running around, fucking shit up in this world. And so, anyway, it gets 
all convoluted. It gets all, you know, it all masses. But the whole point of the story, there were two points of the story that I took out two of it. Two points. The, the one point is basically it was a, a fix-all for the DC universe. Explain why it's so effed up. Right. So Jeff Johns goes, okay, I'll pull Dr. Manhattan into our world. Now, every time that we've rebooted, every time that we've had a crisis, every time that something's gone wrong in the DC universe, it was all Dr. Manhattan screwing that around. damn Dr. Manhattan. Right. That goddamn Dr. Manhattan. It wasn't the writers at DC. <laughs> right. It was that damn Dr. Ruined Manhattan. the DC universe. So in a way, it was Jeff Johns' way, or whoever, of fixing the DC universe. You know what I mean? Like, it's that, that. And the other thing that they really reiterate, because... He goes back in time and Superman doesn't doesn't get created like in 1938. But then Superman pops up in 1955 when he gets rebooted. Sure. And then Superman pops up in 1985 when John Byrne reboots Superman. And then Superman pops back up like Dr. Manhattan can't get rid of Superman. No matter how many times or ways he tries, Superman always shows up because Superman is the anchor of the DC universe. Like the DC universe revolves around Superman. So Superman is always going to find a way to be in the DC universe. Like he's the, the crux, the crutch, he's the, the center point of the DC universe. Um, and so they end up towards the end. I mean, everything like, like Dr. Manhattan, cause he keep Dr. Manhattan keeps seeing, like he can't see past meeting Superman in, whatever 2015 or two in the present time like he sees himself meeting superman and then he doesn't see anything after that and he's like so that either either means that i take out superman or i destroy the entire universe like either superman kills me so i can't see anything or i destroy this world like i sort of destroyed the old world and so then it all comes to a head superman and Dr. Manhattan meet. They don't have a battle because Dr. Manhattan's just standing there and like all this shit's going down. And Dr. Manhattan's just standing there and Superman's fighting like all these villains all by himself. He's like, are you going to help me? And Dr. Manhattan's like, I don't help. He's like, plus nothing happens past 30 seconds. So who cares? <laughs> you know, like that whole Dr. Manhattan kind of sure. kind of vibe. And then it takes a, it takes a different turn because Superman's like, well, what if there's a third option? Like, what if, you know, you help me or whatever, and then we create a third thing, and that's why you can't see the future. And so then that kind of happens, and then it actually takes it, like, they go into different, like, they go into 2040, and Superman's reborn again. And then you go into, like, 2060, and Superman's reborn again, and you just keep going on and on. So, I don't know. I, I thought it was really cool. The art's really cool. Um like I said, it, it kind of sort of is a sequel because then Dr. Manhattan's like, well, I finally figured it out. He's like, I, I got to go back. And so then the, all the characters go back and like beats in jail and Rorschach's there. And you, so Rorschach is basic, Rorschach is the son of the psychiatrist doctor that was visiting the original Rorschach. In Watchmen, oh, yeah, that um, African American guy that was like making his name. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Showing him the yes. right. Yeah, I know who you're so, talking about. Right, the Rorschach that is the Rorschach now is that Rorschach. 
or is the son of that doctor. And so basically, doctor, like yeah. Rorschach created the new Rorschach. But that's another twist in there. Like I said, it's 12 issues. It's dense. There's a lot so of really stuff in it. really enjoyed it. But though, I mean, that, that's, that, the, that's the good thing. I did. I did enjoy it. And, and like I said, I mean, I thought, I thought Jeff Johns did a decent job with it. I mean, I didn't feel like, you know, obviously, like when I first saw it, I'm like, how the hell is a comedian here? How the hell is Rorschach here? Like, how is all this, you know what I mean? And then it really kind of makes sense. And I mean, at, at, one, at one part of it, it, it does kind of feel to me like, you know, that, that if that was his point, like if that was the whole point of the thing was to reset the DC universe, like it's kind of a, what do you call it? Like a cop out. Sure. You know what I mean? But it works. Um, and I know that they set it up because there were, they did like two, I don't know, a couple years before Doomsday Clock came out, they did those two, um, it was like bringing this on where yeah, Batman kind of, saw Dr. Manhattan yeah. or the comedian. So, I mean, they set it up. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I thought it was good. I, I'm not, I'm not buying the new Rorschach book. I, I really haven't read any of the after Watchmen stuff. So, you know, I, I kind of hold Watchmen like sort of kind of sacred, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, and, but, but I felt like I really enjoy, I mean, he did a great job of, cool. of, whatever if you're gonna go on with watchmen this was a pretty decent way to do it i thought so cool so originally in watchmen <clears throat> they were gonna alan moore wanted to use the charlton character correct but then dc took him away and used him in the main dc right universe. so captain adam was dr manhattan mm -hmm. blue beetle was uh owl dude right um Night peacemaker owl. was probably comedian question oh yeah it is a question was he charlton i think he was i believe so i'm looking at uh wikipedia who, think, who the charlton characters were i think yeah the, i think it was the question did ditko create the question i don't know if you know who created the question i think he did but anyway you're probably right cool and then invite Archie? No, oh, wait, that's Archie. different. That's not the right company. But, yeah. All right, cool. And judo Master? Yes, he's Judo Master. Cool. All right, I'd be interested to know that. Find that but, out, Don. But there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't even talk about that goes in, in that. And, I mean, it really oh, helps it tie together. And, but it was good. Cool. I like that review much better than the review that you were playing. Like, what do you think, Scott? Isn't that a nice review? I thought it was great. It very well might be the best review Don's ever done. <laughs> I read what? Oh, Planet Paradise. Huh. What is that? It's another book by this Jesse Lonergen guy. Jesse like Lonergen guy. It's like a... He did another weird book called Hedra. Do you remember that one? I talked about it. Hed what? Hedra. Hedra. Uh, yeah. Was that the one that was all like panels weird. of space? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. This one's a little less experimental. Has a little more of a story. I dug it a little bit more. Huh. Hedra. But it's Planet Paradise by Jesse Lonergan. Um, is this out through Image? 
yeah, it's like an OGN they put out some disguised stuff. But anyway, so the basic premise is uh, there's this lady and her husband are going on like vacations. So they're getting on like a spaceship and they're going to this planet paradise. And to travel, it takes like so many hours. So they have to put all the passengers in like suspended animation. They go in these like tubes and they like have to go to sleep, right? And the pilot's going and the pilots are like uh, going and they're like, it's all, all automated. So they're like streaming like shows that they're watching, you know, some soap opera they're all watching or whatever. Well, the engine jacks up and the plane goes off course or whatever, you know, <sighs> crashes and the pilot like breaks her leg. And so this lady who went with her husband, she gets out, she's okay. And so she has to go and like try and salvage supplies and help the pilot fix her leg and they get like off planet or whatever, you know, and she kind of saves the day. There's a giant lizards trying to eat everybody or whatever, you know. And so she's like fighting off the lizards and, and giant lizards. So finally they get like the beacon going and the beacon tells the people to come and rescue him. So they send like a rescue team or one guy basically, but that guy comes and he gets eaten by the lizard immediately, you know, so he's useless. So then she has to break into the rescue ship and grab the stuff. And she kind of, I mean, she's like a housewife or not very adventurous, but yet she goes, she kind of saves the day. You would say, you know, uh -huh. this lady and the pilot's like a real, is a female too and she's a real jerk like she's like ah grumpy ah my leg hurts oh, give me some meds and blah 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 you know it's just yeah yakking at this lady well anyway so they finally get the beacon and the salvage crew come and they get to go on their vacation to planet paradise and while she's on vacation there's like a the pilot ladies on like a news channel thing saying how hey you know i uh, yeah, I saved the day all by myself. You know, she's not giving this passenger who did all the work any credit. She's like taking all the credit for herself. And she sees on the news and she's sitting there with her husband. She's like, yeah, I want to go on a safari. And her husband's like, a safari? I don't think you would like that. That'd be kind of dangerous. I don't think you'd like to go on danger, you know, because yeah, I wouldn't you rather go for like a spa or something day or something? She's like, she's like, I want to go on a safari. So they go on a safari and they're going. And I want to go to like a beach. And sit in a chair and drink like rum drinks, yeah, and just like hang out, and then maybe like after four o'clock in the afternoon, go out into the ocean for a little while, yeah, and, you know, cool off, and then come back and then just like drink more rum and pass out. Okay, I'm like, building up to the, the, the punchline okay. of the whole story. Gotcha. All right, so they're on the safari, and they're like in this like open air car, like Jurassic Park type of thing, and the, the driver guy is like, Yeah, and, and they see this big giant, like dinosaur looking thing and they're like isn't that guy dangerous like oh no it's fine as long as you don't mess with like it's eggs or whatever and then immediately the car runs over one of the eggs oh nice yeah so then the thing goes like crazy and it's like chasing him and knocks their car over and like kills the pilot and her husband's like freaking out she's like she's like grabbing like some gun she's like blows the dinosaur away and he's like wow you know and that's how the story is so she kind of found her adventure spirit and she's a badass. Huh. She's not just a housewife or whatever. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's so weird. That's <laughs> strange. But that's a Planet Paradise. It's pretty huh. pretty sweet. Nice. Well, overpriced. Yeah, that what was that. $16.99. Yeah. But it's an OGN. It's a really quick read. Like we're talking like 10 minutes. Yeah. Maybe 20. I wonder how long it took that. Scott's gone, so I'm gonna, Scott left. I'm gonna mention this He's real done. quick. I'm not gonna do anything other than so I, I did get caught up on a lot of old stuff. So I read the 
Oh my god. Azarella Bormejo Batman Damned? Yeah, that's old. I know. Dude, the art in this is amazing. Is have you read this? No. Did you read it? How would I read it? I you buy it and then you read oh, it. Oh no, I don't buy any PC. The no. art is is unfing believable. Yeah, it's Bermejo. The story uh, I don't know who I'm showing it to. The, our audience. Are we like video live? Yeah, we're video live. I don't know. We were just doing that for us. Like we're on TV and stuff. Yeah, you're on TV. You didn't know that? Oh, no. Oh, wow. Okay. So the art on this is just unbelievable. The story, it's Azarello and it's Batman. So I thought it'd be really cool. It's all right. But the art's amazing. The art is insane. So it's like just so effing good. Um, this would be a really fast review. So basically, what I got out of this book, which I don't know if this is what actually what he wanted. Is that the one with the penis? Yes, so it it's is. worth a thousand dollars. The bat, the bat, bat cock. You should have just went to the I read the very first one, but I never finished it. Did I show you the bat dick? Do you want to see it? You did though. Well, I think online. maybe it was. We may we're even online. have a photo of it somewhere. Probably shouldn't show it, but so pretty much the story starts out. They fish the Joker out of the river, and they're like, oh, Batman killed the Joker. And so how, um, Don Constantine is narrating the story. Um, I think in the second issue, they go to, like, see uh, the demon, which is kind of cool. But the demon is like uh, – The demon Etrigan. Right. It's not the demon. It's Jason Blood. But, like, he's not transformed into the demon. But oh, he still cool. rhymes. He's like uh, – he's like, what do you call it? Uh, slam poer poetry yeah because yeah. he rhymes all the time mm -hmm. so he's up on stage like singing and he's like rhyming and stuff or yeah. whatever mm -hmm. and then the swamp things in it what this book may have just want to draw the demon and i uh, guess but i mean thing? it was it was freaking good i'll bet um dude he's like um he's kind of like like alex ross you know what i mean yeah painted yeah sure. so like that's this is like the demon like yeah. that's jason who, blood yeah, doesn't look anything like him. Does he have like a white streak in his hair or some shit? Yeah, no. The, well, he's bald. I mean, yeah, that this totally kills yeah. the character. And then like Swamp Thing comes into this, but I would shave his hair. But pretty much, it's it's. I think it's just like Batman, like like he kills the Joker because he's wanted to. He's wanted to kill the Joker forever, but he hasn't wanted to kill the Joker. So he finally kills the Joker and realizes that it was a mistake, and then. Three issues later, he's like put back at the bridge and he's like making the decision. And then this time he makes a decision not to kill the Joker. So like he doesn't kill the Joker. So it's almost kind of like a what if, like a what if story, like in Batman's head, I guess. I don't know. Like if I kill the Joker, this will happen. And Oh, I don't like that. So I guess I'm not going to kill the Joker. So I don't know if the Joker actually died and then he brought him back to life and then he decided not to kill him. But that's kind of like what the story was. Hmm. I didn't really pay attention to the story. The art was insane. So it is definitely worth, especially like, I know we don't like the oversized stuff, but it makes it really cool in this. There were $7 a piece. It's worth $21 to buy this just to look at the pictures. Nice. Like, I would pay full price for that shit. Wow. But you don't. Good. No, I don't, but so I would have. Would you pay tax too, though? I would. Wow, tax too. I pay tax now. That's true. Ah, that sucks. I know. All right, Scott, I jumped in because you were gone, so... I think we almost all do. You go ahead now. and do one. No, it was all good. I heard most of the stuff. Bluetooth headphones. Oh, okay. They cool. work great. 
You heard me tell you out. You, you realize yeah, it's all good. that I found out that we're live, like video? Nobody watched Yes, I anyways. heard that. Doesn't matter. That whole conversation. We had one watcher earlier. Yeah. It's all good. Probably Christy. There's two people here. Yeah, I ran them out. On the stomp. What'd you think of on the stomp? Uh, it's, it's okay. Drew really, really liked it. I like the art. I liked the so, first couple issues, but I did not enjoy the where it went. Ultimately. So here's the thing. Art-wise, yes, very good. But to your point, Don, of where it went, in some cases I felt like the art, I don't know. It, it like, maybe he was in a... Uh, I don't know, a hurry in some cases and things. It just seems like there are some cases where the the art wasn't quite as good. I mean, this is a really good splash page, but it's just not quite as detailed and things as like that other one was. And that's like later in the novel, in the in the book. So I, I don't know. I found the, the art to be a little bit inconsistent. In some cases, I really, really liked it. In other cases, I was like, I don't know if I care for it quite as much. Also, for me personally, I got a little confused between um, the FBI agent, uh, that character of Anna, and the Casey character, who's like a mercenary. So I caught that on, but I would bet you I was like two or three episodes in before, or issues in before I actually caught, oh man, those are two different people. So... And then I almost had to go back and go, oh, okay. Yeah, they do look kind of the same, this, don't they? This is that. Yeah, they do. So there was some issues there. All I see is Don's hand. Anyway, uh, on the stump, I don't know. It gets a There's little a more political at the end. There's a lag and you freeze on the screen, so I was doing a I think freeze. It there's a, yeah, I think it there's a lot of lag going on there. I, it's because my wife's like trying to play her video game, and I think it must be flooded tonight. Your bandwidth. Between that and my son probably playing video games at the same time, we're all sucking up the internet. You would have liked it though. Yeah, All right, so I bought this. Um, it's called "The Unholy Bastards versus the Future." The future. From the pages of the goon. Yeah, so I like the goon a lot. All right, so hold on oh, a second. No, what? I don't know what the deal is with the. I don't know what the deal is, but they can publish this. But I don't get my blood force blood trauma. force trauma. Yeah, I don't know what that deal is. Which I got my Kickstarter oh, yesterday. Cool. The video cassette. 
Oh, nice. I got the video cassette and the first two issues. I finally got my uh, poster, too. And he gave me some stickers. Nice. I think I got stickers, too. Yeah. Cool. I need to find a VCR. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, let me know when you do. I got, a video, I got some videotapes on the wall. All right. Um, this is from the pages of The Goon. I really love The Goon. I really love Eric Powell's art and writing. And so this is like a spinoff for like these kids who were in I The Goon. I don't like those kids, though. I didn't buy that because I don't so, like the kids. Here's the problem. It's about those kids. Well, yeah, that's one problem. Right. It's written by Tom Stagoski, who I don't mind. But then it's a one-shot, right? Mm-hmm. They couldn't even get one dude to write. They have two different guys, Steve Mannion and Scott Brown. To draw it? To draw it, yeah. They can't even is, get the same artist. Is there like, like flashbacks? There are some is there flashbacks. A, is there but a I don't reason think... why they have? No, because it's like 1 to 6, 7, 9, 10, 11 to 20, 21. You know what they should do? Uh, get the same artist to draw the whole book? Well, no, if they're going to have more than one artist, like rather than just do pages, they should have panels. Oh like yeah, one panel by the one dude, and then the next panel by the other guy. I think that's hard to and like coordinate. Another, well, it would be, but it would be visually. I think the whole point is they were probably behind schedule, and they right. multiple people. So if you have to like coordinate this huge panel, it's probably defeats the purpose. Steve Mannion's cool. I love his art. Well, you weren't liking this because it sucked. Why? Well, I, I, I don't know. Buy that book. Well, yeah, this book is okay. So you got a guy writing it. You got two artists, and then the story is just asinine. Has no purpose. It's just some goofy thing. And I hate it's to not that funny. I hate to give me issues with those kids. I know, and a whole issue of them where it's yeah, not even Eric Paul writing it, dude. I don't know. I think I got this confused with this Lords of Misery graphic novel that he's doing, which is instead of drawing and writing the goon, he's doing this offshoot graphic novel. Why wouldn't you just tell that story in the pages of the goon? Why would you not do? I mean, why would he do a separate graphic novel? And it's not even that thick. It's like, it's like only like it's like a comic book. It's like forty-eight pages it's or like something. This. this is what no, it it's slightly thicker than that, but not uh, much. And I'm just is like, good? I don't understand the public strategy. This book or the Lords, yeah, of, the Misery? Lords of Misery? The Lords of Misery. I have no idea. It hasn't come out yet. No. Come out yet. Oh. I was going to say, I, I buy everything and I didn't buy that. Yeah, you made a good call, Don. <laughs> yes. I was not happy with that. That's like one win out of well, like here, okay. 35 okay. years. Here's the other thing. Okay, so the goon, he hasn't been writing and drawing the goon, but he's been doing this Lords of Misery, mm-hmm. right? And then he did Hillbilly for a right. while. And then he did like, uh, then he had someone else do Hillbilly. Like mm-hmm. Maybe he wrote it, but someone else drew it, or maybe he didn't even write it. I don't know. They had like a one uh, series, like a five-issue thing. Yeah. Well, now he's writing and drawing Hillbilly again. Yeah. Like they're restarting it with a new number one, and he's writing and drawing it. Well, and I'm like, wasn't he is all over the place. Yeah. Well, I think, wasn't this year supposed to be like, I don't know, a 30-year anniversary or 25-year? It was supposed to be some huge anniversary of the goon. Yeah. And he was supposed to go on like this worldwide. Oh, he did that last year. Was that last year? Yeah, last year he did like the, this year. the van tour. He was supposed to do like the tour. He was going to go to like Australia, yeah, yeah. like all this yeah, shit. Yeah, he did all that. Yeah, oh, he did it? Year. Oh, that was last year. Yeah, because it like ended like the weekend before Aircap. I'm like, man, he should just extend it like one. Oh, that's right. He should extend it one weekend and come to Aircap. That's right. I was thinking he got screwed out of his anniversary. No, it was now last he's just year. like the maybe the COVID, the quarantine is just driving him nuts. So he doesn't I'm sure that doing. threw off his schedule and stuff, but I don't it's just it's a strange publishing strategy. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I have like three more things to talk about. 
I can talk about as many as you want. Keep going. Sweet. Can it be fast Keep though? Keep going. Most of them can. They'll go fairly quick. So I read I'll Batman. To that. I read Batman Three Jokers. That's great. Which is written by Jeff Johns. See, it's a black label. Beautiful and cover. it's a normal size comic. Yeah, Jason Fabok is the artist. Which, but do we need another Joker series, dude? Okay, so, dude, I guess course. I do. You do. Yeah, I this do. one, this one, great. So, what else can they do with the Joker? They, you've never seen this with the Joker. Never. Make it a good never. guy. All right. What what they do? No, he's not a good guy. No, we've already done that. That was so uh, White Knight. Make him a person who out. has a some type of psychiatric disorder and that you feel sorry for. Yeah, three personalities. Nope, there's actually three Jokers. So they tripled him and that there's made it different. three Jokers running around. So crazy. Who would have thought they that? get not two, but three. Right, three. So they get, uh, I did take it. Because that's always better but than anyway, two. So there's like three crime scenes, and they're each like, oh, the Joker did it. And they so, happen at the same time. And they happen at the on? same time. There's crazy. three Second crimes time. by the Joker at the same time. I think there'll be three Jokers. I don't know. But they catch one of them. So, so this book is pretty much, it's got... Did Dr. Manhattan create the Batman? No. Dr. Manhattan is not in this book. So they have Batman. They have Batgirl. I, I thought he created the DC Universe. Yeah. They have the Red Hood, which uh, is um, Tim Drake. I don't okay. fucking know. No, the one that the got Red killed. Hood. That's Jason Todd. Yeah, Jason Todd. The one that Tim Drake got the killed Robin. by. The one that got killed Robin? by the Joker. Yeah, there's like, yeah, there was one after him. Because Tim Drake is Red Robin, right? Yeah, Tim Drake. Tim Drake, Jason yes. Todd. Jason Todd. Is yeah. yeah, and then you have. Um, Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson, who's Nightwing? I think it was like. Oh, I guess there's Damien. Damien, he, Damien would be four. Is he dead? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Um. So he died. So there's three Jokers. So Batman, Batgirl, and um, Jason Todd all kind of come together. They're each chasing them, and they come together. Jason Todd. Do they figure out there's three of them? Yes. Jason, like early in the series or later? Yeah, series? early in the series. Oh, that's good. So Jason Todd is still... They are detectives. Jason Todd is still really butthurt Oh, my God. Batman. Dude, so many issues. What is his deal? Well, he's hurt because Batman, you know, he got killed by the Joker. And then... Okay, cry me a river. And then with whatever the new... Whenever he came back, like, Batman didn't know. And Batman abandoned him. And Batman, How would Batman know he came back? He didn't. But, but Clearly. He never, he never apologized. And he never... Like brought Jason in. Say, Sorry, I didn't he never brought he Jason back. in and cuddled him and welcomed him back into the. Because well, he the came back fold. as a bad guy. I know. I know. Maybe don't be a. It's dick. like a. It's like that circle. You can't. There's. I don't know. Where does it start? Where does it end? I mean, it starts with Jason Todd. It ends with Jason Todd. Jason Take some Todd. responsibility for your so, actions. So anyway, pretty much. They get this Joker. And maybe the people would have voted to kill him if he hadn't been such a little whiny little bitch. I know. They get. Yeah, they get. That's one. I we should have a recount on that vote. I think there was some voter fraud going on on that back in the nineteen eighty eight or whatever, whenever they did that. I think so. I think it was. I, I like. I guess you should have called. Um, <laughs> shut up. Was it toll free or was it like a million? <laughs> no, you had to pay. Oh, they they made you pay for that call, dude. They made the money. That's ridiculous. On it. They oh made yeah, that was back in the day. 
exactly for the internet where people just go and click the button exactly. a thousand times. Let's do um, it now. So they capture one of well, the there jokers. would have been really big voter fraud then. They capture one of the jokers. And so Batman's like, okay, he's like, we're gonna tie this dude up. I'm gonna leave Barbara and I'm gonna leave um Jason with this dude. I'm gonna go hunt down another one. You guys chill yeah, that out. Sounds like a mistake. Oh, it was because Jason Todd, because the Joker's like, hey, remember when I bashed your head in with a crowbar? That was great. And Jason Todd's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, well, here's a gun. Eat it. And he shoots him and blows his head off. Yes, one Joker down. Kills. I like this series already. Joker. So then the Barbara's like freaking out because she's like, oh, my God, he just killed your this wife, dude. Barbara? Yeah, Barbara Gordon, that girl. Oh, I thought Batgirl's like freaking out. She's like, oh my God, this dude just killed jo a Joker tied up in a chair, harmless. Like, I got to report this because this is like murder. That's ah, fine. But I can't report it because if I have to report it, she's an accessory. Then everybody's going to know because Jason Todd's going to have to unmask. And then they're going to know that he's tied to me. And then they're going to know that I'm tied to Bruce. Like, Man, this is going to screw everything dilemma. up. And so. What if she just takes a gun and shoots him in the head? <laughs> right. Then she has Judge to live jury with There you go. With that. It's justified. Eye for so, eye. Life for life. So, so Jason Todd apparently has like this big crush on like on Barbara Gordon, like on Batgirl. Like he Creepy. wants to like be with her. And she's like, yeah. Is she I, in a wheelchair? I was kind of, no, she's all better. Oh, she got wow. all better. Stem cells? Like a long time ago, she stem got cells? better. Yes, it was stem cell research. Man, it came too late for Christian Reeves. <laughs> There's <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. Superman's <laughs> in a wheelchair, but freaking Barbara Gordon's out? What the hell? So, uh, he's like, oh, oh, Batgirl, let's, like, get together and, and like, hang out and kiss and stuff. It's just, hey, like, ladies. And she's like, he's a dude, you just shot that guy. Like, I'm kind of, I don't know what to do with you right now. I don't want to, like, hug and kiss on you. That's weird. And so then, I know, right? So then, um, Barbara, uh, Batgirl, like, goes to Batman. She's like, Jason Todd killed the Joker, and then he ran away. And so they're like, well, let's go track down this other Joker, because there's another Joker, and we got a lead on him. And so they go, like, this abandoned, uh, it's like the, I don't know. Because one of the jokers... It's funny when they found him, Batman shoots him in the head. <laughs> right? One of the jokers uh, stole, like, a, a, va a tow truck, like a semi-truck full of, like, chemicals from the Ace Ace warehouse. And then after Batman shoots him in the head, and the third joker comes out and shoots Barbara Gordon right through the gut and then she's right. in a wheelchair. Yeah. That'd and then funny. Alan Moore shows up and just laughs. <laughs> I would laugh. That would be, like, the last panel of the comic book. Um, is that what happened? No. Uh, no, Alan Moore's not in this book at all. Mm. But he is in the next one I'm going to talk about. So then... Uh, Alan Moore is? Yeah, it's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I finally is read that. Is he in that? Yeah, he's in it. Wow. Him, yeah, Are we done with this three Jeffers? No! So then... So basically... Good guys, what you don't even have to go anywhere. The Joker... Is doing experiments with the Joker gas, chemical, yeah. to make extra Joker a new Joker. Yeah, and so he made three Jokers two of again. Them. So one of them's dead. Yeah, did he make another one? Before? And then the other one gets killed. Oh, so, so there's one more. Joker left. Does he make two more? No, because they but, call it five Jokers. But we don't know if he's the real Joker. 
or if he's like a Joker clone. Doesn't even matter. It, I, I guess. I mean, if you're a big, <laughs> if you really care about it, like I know you don't because you haven't cared about this since I started talking about it. But the art in it is amazing, <laughs> and it really is a good story because it's Jeff Johns. Yeah. He wasn't channeling Alan Moore in this because that would be silly because it's not it watching. It kind of was because it's kind of a joke. Well, yeah, there's. It all goes back. Baybot kind of looks to Brian. Kind of looks like Brian Bollandart. Mm, not really. Yeah. It's cool, but anyway. So you get to the end, and Batman's like sitting across from the Joker, and the Joker's like, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "Maybe I'm the real Joker. Maybe I'm a different Joker. I don't know. You're not gonna know because I don't know. I can't remember." Is so now, John's all about the nine panel grid now. A lot of that. So now, no, that was a. That was look not, nine. No, no, that was Alan Moore. That's the way watching this too. I mean, it's just the nine panel grid. But I understand. Combined. I understand. Um, so anyway, that's the whole crux of the three Jokers. And since you like totally destroyed my mojo, so on this there, is in continuity. Horrible review. Yes. I thought it was a like, great review. Whatever. It's a black label. So Not Black near as good as the last one. I think so. I thought Black Label. Oh, the other really big thing, the other really cool thing about it was like Joe Chill is yeah. like the guy that killed Batman's parents. Mm -hmm. I know who Joe Chill is. And uh, I guess he's alive and he's in Arkham. And so like Batman has led to him, like he's supposed to go to him or whatever. And Joe Chill's like dying from cancer. And he's like on his deathbed, and he's and the, he's talking to the Batman's like talking to the guards, and they're like, "Yeah, he's been really sorry that he killed those Wayne people, like sorry. In back years past." And and so Batman like comes around, and he's like, "I forgive you, Joe Chill." And he's it's like, in the "Same book." Yeah, it's in this book. Yeah, it's like one of the offshoots, you know. Cause so I was so distracted by the name Hillgrade. So at the end, there's one Joker left. So right. we're left to know, not to know if he's right. the real one or we not. Don't know Is that the mystery? Real, that's the mystery. We don't know yeah. if he's the real Joker, if he's a different Joker. Oh, and so then, so this is what I was like, I hated this about the book. Oh, But so like the Red Hood, he like gives up being, Jason Todd gives up being the Red Hood. Oh, thank God. Right. Is he the redhead with like the dome hood, or is he the redhead with like the mask? The like, mask, clock? like the who's like the one with like the dome? Like, well, he was at one point. Like that's the original red hood. Joker that was the red hood. Oh, with the dome with the dome. That's the Wait, Joker. Was it Jason Todd? No. Oh. Well, he might have used that moniker for a little bit, but then he had like a face shield. But anyway, cool. Jason Todd is he like he decides to give up being the red hood. Okay. And he writes a letter to Batgirl, Barbara Gordon. And he's like, I love you so much. I know that you're not happy with what I did, but when I'm going to hear a text. I mean, it's like 2020. Yeah, no, he wrote a letter. He wrote a letter, wrote it down on a piece of paper and said, you know, I, if you feel the same way about me as I feel about you, then meet me here at this time, blah, blah, blah. If not, if I don't ever hear from you again, then I'll just assume that, you know, you're not into me and we'll just like, I'll never bother you again. And he tapes it to her door. Isn't that like foster brother and sister? It's kind of weird. I don't know. So he tapes it to her door. And of course, what happens, Drew? The tape gives way and the, the letter flutters down onto the ground and the janitor comes by and he sweeps it up. 
And so Barbara Gordon never gets the letter, and Jason Todd yeah, goes. Never through. knows. It's where that happened in a it. movie. It was yeah, it was like a Batman movie where Alfred kept the letter or whatever from. No, it's in another movie. No, it was in Batman. Dark Knight. So he didn't even steal it from something else. He stole it from a Batman movie. Wow, <laughs> apparently that's bold. No, I'm pretty sure that like. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's happened in a lot of places. Yeah, it's kind of a try. Lot I think things. it's happened in multiple comic books, even. That's why I said I didn't really like that. Yeah, that, that's that, horrible. That, 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 that cool. thing. So, wow. Yeah, get this out of here. Yeah. You got anything else to talk about, Scott? Nope. It's probably a good thing. It'll just go all laggy again. No, actually, while you're talking, it's fine. It's just there's a lag between when we talk and then when you talk back. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Now it sounds like it's getting better when you talk. This I, I agree. It seems to be quicker now. Yeah. Ooh, is that the last? I one? think it's because my wife got kicked off her game, so that's probably all good. <laughs> she was the bandwidth. I bought this. I just haven't read it yet. All right, this is Devil's Highway. This is issue five. So this is the end of the arc. I think they're hoping to do more, but who knows? If they're I'm not going to buy it. You didn't like the first thing. Well, I have read. <laughs> what? Okay. Hold on. Can I get a recording of that? I'm not going to buy it. I mean, that's like, I don't know Dude, if I've ever heard Don say that. Listen, so do you know, this is a tangent. Not really, but do you know what DC's been doing like for the last two months? They stopped all their shit. Putting out everything with Joker, Punchline, and Harley Quinn. Right. No, they're doing like a, a whole <laughs> launch. It's like called the uh, future something. Future state. Future state. Jokers. So you know about future state. I've heard it. That's what that was. Dan Dio's big thing. It was five like G future state. I don't know if it's the same. You thing. know what it means to me? I'm gonna have to buy a, one motherfucking DC <laughs> book for two effing months. I'm like, I'm saving so much money. It's insane because. <laughs> I'm not going to buy, like, I read, like, a lot of the reviews, like, when yeah. the previews came out. I'm like, this sounds like it could be cool, but, like, none of the Batman stuff grabbed me at all. And I'm like, it could be a cool concept, but if I'm going to go in, like, you got to go, you got to go all yeah. the way in. So after two months, are they you just do, reverting back to the old books? I guess. I don't know, because this month's preview is the second half, so oh, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, the third month. I'm hoping they just... Go Keep back. on going, oh, and then you're out, and then I'm out nice. like forever. Like I'm done Sweet. with DC. Like wow. I'll be like, nice. You know how much? I don't really buy a lot of DC, but still, that bill was way low for my comic books that Ooh. last month. Say who cares? I was like, yes. All right, I'll do a quick Devil's Highway here. So this book is decent, and that's the problem. Is it's just decent. Um. It's by uh, Benjamin Percy and Brent Schoonover. I like Brent Schoonover's art. That's why I bought pretty it. good. But it's he's not. He's not great. He's I mean, solid. He's solid. He used to be. I don't know that he's done anything forever and ever. And the art is solid. The writing's solid. The problem with this book is it's basically this. It's like the same character we've seen in everything lately. Like it's Stumptown. That and chick's in a bra. And Veronica Mars. It's his daughter. And she's like a badass, and her dad's been killed. So she's trying to find the killer of her dad, and she's like running around the country trying to chase down this like uh, cult of like semi truckers who like kidnap girls and like do weird stuff to them and kill them. And it's like a cult of serial killers that like drive semi trucks or whatever. Dude, and she's chasing they... them down. But it's like the same character we've seen 50 times, you know? It's like 
girl with a chip on her shoulder who can kick anybody's ass, you know. I'm, I mean, it's it's all right. I mean, there's nothing bad about it. There's just nothing unique about it or interesting necessarily. Juan Jose Rip is going to start working for. Her. No, that's cool. I like that Year Zero book. Oh, did you read it? Yeah, there's a humble bundle that I bought that digitally, and I got a book, hmm. the first arc of it. But uh, anyway, so that's my review of Devil's Highway. It's it's decent. I mean, if you're into like that kind of book and you just got to have more. I'm like, eh, I can read Stumptown. I can watch Veronica Mars. I don't really need another. I'm sure there's more of that too. So, this is the problem I've been having like probably past six months or four months or whatever. I go through previews. Mm -hmm. Nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. Because it's all the same shit. Yeah. Regurgitated. It's like, oh, it's another post-apocalyptic. Oh, it's post-apocalyptic. It's another vampire thing. It's like, I used to go through. I used to go through the back half, and I'd be like, "Oh, cool! This looks cool." I'll There's nothing in the back half anymore. And now I read like the, I see it, and I'm like, "Oh, like it catches my eye. Like it's either highlighted because it's one of their things, or the creator, mm-hmm. or the piece of art that they give looks interesting." And so I read the, the solicitation, and I'm like, "I don't. That doesn't sound like anything I want to read. Like, yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah, and it's like." It just sounds I'm terrible. Having, it just doesn't sound exciting. Right. No, like, it doesn't sound terrible. It just doesn't sound exciting. Like it's nothing new. It's like it doesn't, doesn't sound original. Right. It's not original. And I'm like, so I don't know. Like I've been going through that like the last three or four months, like going through previous. It's like yeah. I can't find stuff that I want to buy. And even like the image stuff, like Scott said earlier, I'd go to image. It's like, ooh, number one, don't care, buy it. Number one, don't care, buy it. Number one, don't care, buy it. I started reading that stuff. Like a lot of the creators, like that they they hammer like the first issues, like the four or five, you know, yeah. number one issues. Like most of that shit, I don't know who the creators are. Yeah. I read through the thing, and I'm like, that sounds okay, but yeah. it doesn't sound great. It is just in a like, lull. It's like the name creators aren't doing anything, right? Or not putting out their books. Like Hickman is all doing X Men, so he's not putting out much, right? And I mean. Kirkman is still putting out some books, you know, uh-huh. he's about the only one, but like Vaughn isn't doing anything. Paper Girls is over, Saga is on hiatus. I mean, it's like... Hey, Ruben- I Saga, I heard that uh, the artist, is she having some like health issues? I heard that as a rumor I read somewhere, I but I didn't know if you had heard anything. I haven't heard anything. Fiona Staples. Fiona Staples. I didn't yeah. hear anything because I don't pay attention to any of that shit, and I'm not friends with her, so she's not letting me know. <laughs> I, okay. I'm not. Hey. No, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't follow stuff like I don't, you don't read, follow her. Yeah. I don't follow her. I don't read a lot of like CBR. Like I don't read a lot of comic book news stuff. So. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, I haven't heard anything. Sorry, I just don't. Just hours brought it there, and I, I, I know I read it. I. I follow on Facebook like one of the comic, you know, type of artists and commissions type things. And somebody was asking about Fiona Staples and somebody just put a mention that they thought that they had heard that she had some health issues uh, like last year or something like that. And that there was it was harder to get commissions from her than it had been in the past. I hope not. That sucks because I love Saga. I want more of it. I'd like him to come back and do more of it. But yeah. So today, or maybe I think today, they they shipped a secret book. It was called like uh, Blood Something Number Seventeen, like not issue one. It was like some new series in the issue number seventeen. And I guess it 
and uh, Bleeding Cool was speculating that it was the next issue of Saga, and it was like like secret solicited or whatever, but it wasn't. It turns out that it's a book by Kirkman and Otley. But it's number 17 of a book, like not number one. It's like in the middle of whatever. So because Kirkman yeah. likes to weird pull this weird, yeah, he shit. likes to do weird stuff. No, like that's that. cool. Like I, you know, I listen to. I a, like his and, experimentation. It's original, you know, like we were talking about before. At least it's something to be surprised by. He did that with Die Die Die. Yeah, he did with Die Die right. Die. And he did with right, and he said, and you even know, uh, what is that other one that you we've looked at? Uh, Out, oh, God. Oblivion song, yeah. Where that one wasn't as much of like a surprise as the fact that he already had freaking twelve issues in the can by the time he brought it out, you know. So that's just freaking scary. Uh, he likes to try to do some different things. Yeah. Somebody finally listened to me. It's like we kept been talking for years about how like you go to San Diego and everybody wants to make the big announcement and they're like, Oh, we got this big giant book coming out and then you And he's going what? the other way around. Which is what I think is really cool. He wants to surprise everybody, and he doesn't want to give the big publicity, you know? So I I credit him for it. We talked about, like, because when he was a kid, you didn't know. Right. That's right. He has told about this many times. But, like, him... Where he wanted to be surprised by the stuff that he found in the comic shop or the newsstand and not already have it spoiled for him six months ahead of time. I thought that was cool, but now oh, that I, do I too. Now that I don't go into a comic book shop, if I don't pre-order it, I don't get it, and it's something that I would probably be interested in. So it'd be nice to have a copy of it. <laughs> that is a problem. I hear you. And how does that work? Like, it must be on a returnable basis. It's got to be on a returnable. I'm sure it is. Because I know that like Todd McFarlane has done that a couple times. Yeah. Like, with spawn, Overship, yeah, like Overship Spawn, yeah, and or they just like, give it to him. I, I guess but with or the with the Kirkman it. book, I'm guessing it's returnable, or right? Huh? But yeah, I'm guessing that's what happens. Son of a bitch! Son of a bitch! Son hey, can I ask one question? Sorry, since we're not as no, laggy no, now. No, no, no. On Go the stump, did you feel at all on this one? I felt like the idea was really good. And that there was some potential here, I just didn't feel like it followed through as much on the premise that it had. Yeah, the premise really, isn't, yeah, the premise isn't really even explored very much. Right. It, we talked. We talked about this when you talked about it. I mean, how how is that sustainable? Like, I don't I, know. I guess you could, but like, who wants to read a comic book every month where? Two dudes get up there and beat the shit out of each other. West Wing oh. meets Fight Club. Right. I know. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's cool. Or WWE. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, that book wasn't what I thought. Like, that wasn't the premise of the book that I bought when I read the solicitation. And so I was disappointed with it. But then after I read it, I'm like, well, how many of how can you drag that out like how can that be the plot like you've got to have something else like you can't just it, i mean it's like a celebrity death match every month or whatever you know it's like oh it is uh, and it pre- wants to get into politics and you know kind of how our you know political and maybe belief system and things of this nature are and obviously there's 
some effects of minorities, you know, and things in it. But it, I don't know. It was something in which I was really maybe some of my I don't really want to say disappointment, but I really was bought into this premise when I first read it. And that first issue I thought was was really solid, but it just didn't live up to the rest as it kept going. You know, I mean, art was only one thing about it. It just seemed like maybe it was getting rushed as it was going on. But even then, the story just seemed to be a little bit more disjointed or something and not really, I don't really want to say it's not what I expected because, it, I mean, obviously it has its surprises and stuff. It just didn't really seem to live up to the, the premise that they had put out there, though, either. You, you I don't a, know. You had a bookend of the premise. I mean, you had the beginning issue where it established that that's the premise and that's how this world works. Then you had all that secret agent crap in the middle. And then you had the showdown at the end, which was another battle or whatever on the stump. And so, I mean, that's all yeah. you had. Um, right. But even but yeah. the in battle was not even it, it 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 had a hard time making sense to me with what they established in the very first issue, you know, where the idea was okay, we got two guys that don't really agree and they're going to battle it out to determine who the winner is for this type of thing. And you know, these two guys it, it was more of a almost at the end of damn revenge type of scenario type thing going on and not as much of a thing going on with the a political system that they were trying to set up and now it was just all this little weird backstabbing and intrigue and trying to set up all these little subplots going on all over the place and i think that's where some of the things like maybe fell apart a little bit for me where and that's just my own personal disappointment, probably, on the fact that I felt like a really strong premise turned into basically a maybe more race-related, I don't know what you want to say, uh, less political type of struggle. I was disappointed with the book. I, I was excited after the first issue. I thought it would be cool. And then when I read the rest of it, I was just like, yeah, whatever. This isn't what I thought it would be. And it's not. Yeah. That. I mean, and I may be there with you there a little bit in which I think that the first issue was so strong where I thought, oh, this is kind of cool that the rest of it just didn't carry out quite as well. I, I don't know. I would I, I wouldn't say that I'm just, you know, totally off of it. I would maybe read a little bit more just to see how it would go but it didn't impress me as much as how it started. I think that's a valid criticism. I felt the same way, not maybe quite as strongly, but I still felt what you guys are saying. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, sorry about that. I just, now that the connection seems to be a little bit better, thought I'd finish that off. All right, Don, what else you got, man? All right. I'm just going to do two more, but, and this one will go fairly quick. So I read, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, The Tempest, which apparently they're stuck together. Um, yeah, I know. And so this is the end. This is the end. Oh, what? My only yes. Finally. Um, yeah, there is no more League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm sure, though. I'm pretty sure. I because, thought that ended like 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, for some of us. But I've. I've th so this is what I was thinking, like where this ended up is nowhere anywhere near like where it started obviously like you have totally different characters you have other than mina i don't think there's anybody careful there's 3d glasses in there 
which I'll get into that. That's it's cool. But um, so I mean, so I remember the first two really well, and then they did Black Dossier, which wasn't really a series. It was more of kind of like an offshoot kind of thing. And then um, you had the one where they did like three prestige issues. They did like one that was like set in the 50s, one that was set in like the 70s, and one that was set like in the 90s or the 2000s or whatever. And so then this is obviously after that. And so, yeah, it's really cool. So like, I'm, so issue one and issue two are just like normal comics. Then I, I go to issue three and I open it up and this pair of 3D glasses falls out. And so, like, you know, part of the story is in 3D, which is really cool. I, I thought the 3D was really cool. They did that okay. in the, they did that in the black dossier. I know for sure because that came with a pair of 3D glasses. So I'm like, okay. So then I read number issue four, and it's got some 3D pages in it. So I pull my glasses out of the third one. Then I get to five, and I'm like, it's got 3D. But dude, he really. So it's like one panel is a normal comic and then the next panel is 3d and then it goes normal and then it goes 3d and then it goes normal and so like it's really hard to read like the words on the non-3d panel so i'm like putting on my glasses to read one panel taking the 3d glasses off to read the next panel putting the 3d glasses off it's like taking them on taking them off and i'm like alan moore is probably laughing his ass off right now because that's probably exactly what he wanted to see me do you know what i mean like that was his point and then it gets into like i think it was like issue three or four they actually do like a, I don't know, maybe it was two i don't remember they do like a is it body where it's photo it's actually like photos so you've got like black and white throughout it you've got 3d then you've got like the spumati thing where it's actually like just photo it's mina and um and uh, Mina kind of like his main character throughout all this stuff yeah it's uh mina and nemo and they're like talking and it's like uh photos i mean it's just photos but you know yeah i don't know it is kind of cool but all right so and at the beginning of each issue he does this and i i assume they're created but it's like the it's like the cranky old alan moore and so he does like um cheated champions of your childhood so it's basically like he takes like some um made up comic book creator writer or, or artist and how they got screwed over like in their life like their oh, life yeah. story about oh they died in poverty and they didn't they died penniless and whatever but there's like six like biographies like that's what the first page is and then so you have your main story there it is. Thank God you found it. I know, right? I'm so happy. So it's like actual photos there. But uh, <laughs> he's still the shit now. We're, we've lost Scott. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how you read that. It looks horrible. What do you mean? I mean, it looks horrible. I think it would be hard to read. The book? Yes. It's Kevin O'Neill. The art's crazy good. Is it good to read, though? Yeah, it's good. So all right and so then in the back of it he's doing so you have your story and in the back of it it's like a six-part story where it's um it's uh the like the J the jsa of the 1940s it's like the the superheroes of the of the old or whatever um so 
and I think like it's been a while since I've read it, but there's like so it starts off and there's like a didn't you just read it? <laughs> but was it been a while? But you no, what it. I'm saying is it's been a while since I've read the other stuff gotcha. up to this, and it carries into this because there's this um, MI5 agent, and he's like 95 years old and like in a wheelchair and decrepit. And I think he carried over from like the other stories. I just don't remember him. And he finds the the um, the world, the the pond of of rejuvenation, the the spring of life, or whatever. Sure. And so he's transformed back to his twenties or whatever. And so there's another world, and there's another world, and he goes. He's basically trying to destroy the world. He's like trying to burn the world down. And so. Um, Mina breaks off with um, uh, Captain Nemo, and then um, what's the Orlando? It's another character that I think he introduced in the Black Dossier, who is basically like kind of an immortal character. It's kind of like the Eternal Warrior, but he Orlando slash Blue. she changes. It. Huh? Orlando Blue. He slash she. Yes. He, she, slash, changes gender throughout the ages. So, like, for some of his life, he's a man, and then he'll change, and he'll be a woman, and then he'll be a man, and then he'll be a woman, and that's another character. So, anyway, they go off with some other people, and they're trying to do all this stuff, and, I mean, basically, it goes back to the characters of the 50s, the 40s, and the 50s. They come in, and it all just kind of comes to a head. Um, but the main thing is at the end of issue six, like Alan Moore and because um, they bring back like they do, they destroy the world and then they're like living on like this other world. But um, they bring back um, Hyde, which I don't know how they brought him back. But um, at the very end of the it's a new world, one of the epilogues. Like Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill are in it, and they shoot them off into outer space, and they're like, "We'll never create another buy. We'll never do another." Right here, they shoot them off into space, and they're like, "Okay, well that's the end, I guess. I guess we'll never do any more." Um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So the league is apparently done. I don't know. But, uh, that was a horrible review because you were getting chips through it. I didn't take any notes. I just think you're like, oh, this is terrible. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I like Alan Moore. I love Kevin O'Neill's artwork. Um, and it's kind of weird because, like, with the, I enjoy that the black and white is in there. Yeah. Because now I can kind of look at it and study it and use it as a, as you know what I mean. Like, it's easier to look at than colored artwork because I work in black and white. Sure. So it. To me, it was like I studied those pages a lot because I think I had a conversation with you where like color hides a lot of shit. Yeah. So when you're doing black and white, like it's all there. Yeah. Like the mistakes, yeah, everything's the there. Really shows up. Yeah. Right. So it was kind of cool for me from that aspect to like stare at that stuff and kind of like I was actually thinking about ripping the pages off and just stacking them on my. Yeah, my drawing board so that I could use them for reference or whatever because I thought it was really cool. But yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that it was like my favorite and it was the greatest League of Extraordinary Gentlemen story, but it is kind of cool that it's like the bookend. Like, I'm glad that I read it 
Um, I mean, nothing will blow away the first two. Those things were just, those were just, you know, amazing. But, you know, he eventually, because he goes from, whatever, 1850 when it starts. I mean, those characters can't, all of them can't live through it. So it has to change and evolve. I don't really yeah. enjoy where it changed and evolved. I like where it started, but I am glad that I stayed along for the entire journey to see it through. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Hey, man, whatever floats your boat. I gave up like five trade scripts. I know. You read the first two, right? Yeah, and I read some of the little one shots, like the Nemo ones. Yeah, see, I. Those weren't that great. I have a couple of those. I think there were like three. I think either I own two of them or I have them all, but I haven't read them. So I'd like. I want to go back and do like a whole deep dive reread of like all of the league and read it all together, like all at once. Um, but I don't know that those Nemo, those two or three Nemo stories, they're not really in continuity, are they? I think they're just kind of like offshoots where they're just like whatever. Dude, I don't even know what the continuity is. Really good story. Well, that's true. But maybe there is. I'm sure it all makes sense in Alan's head. Oh, well, yeah. I'm sure. But All right. What else you got, man? I'm ready to um, keep this thing going. I just got my my um did you read any of the that'd be a negatory you didn't carry on with your did you read Superman Year One? I did. I'd rather hear you talk about that. Really? I can yeah, say these things horrible. Time. No, you can talk about it. Go ahead and talk about Young Blood. No, 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 do extreme. I'm kidding. I can do Superman Year One in like two minutes. I don't believe you. All right. I expected more from Frank Miller. Oh, didn't you? Exactly. The artwork was was good. It wasn't like was horrible. It though. wasn't like Ramita Jr.'s best work, but yeah. it was good. Like yeah. it was solid. Like yeah. I liked the artwork. So the first book, I, mean, I don't need another retelling, retelling of Superman's origin. What I did enjoy, I did enjoy the first book. Yeah, the first book was good. And it, it was interesting. It was interesting because it was all about Clark's, Clark's childhood. Like Which I thought that's what the whole book was going to be. Right. Like he's in elementary school. Yeah, and I like know, when he joined the army. I think that's interesting. <clears throat> well, he it was the navy. He joined the military. That's in book two. Okay. So book one is all just his childhood. Yeah, and he's like a kid, and he's Didn't like even that feel like kind of disjointed though, like kind of all over the place. Kind of a little bit. Like that one carried through because that one was his childhood. It went up to like when he decided he was going to go in the military. Gotcha. And he's like. Oh, Lana, you're my best girl in the world, and I'll never forget you, and I'll come back. And then we open up in book two, and he he's forgot like, about her. right, he's going away to the Navy, and he, like, he sees this mermaid in the fucking water. Isn't the, the weirdest ocean. turn of a story ever, the whole mermaid story? Oh, yeah. Like, where did that come from, and why? I have no idea. That's not and interesting so, at all. No. It's, so, it's like, horrible. And so he's like, Half of the first half, he's like in the navy, and then he does like he gets, he gets like discharged from the navy. Yeah, and he's is that the second one um, or the it, third? It one? doesn't matter. But uh, he gets di yeah, that's the second one. He gets discharged yeah, like from the navy, and he's like, yeah, it's the big, um, it's that DC black label, so it's the oversized. But because uh, this came out a while ago. But uh, he uh, so then he gets discharged from the navy, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh, I remember that mermaid." He's like, "I'm gonna go hang out with her," and then he goes down there, and it's like her father is like Poseidon. Yeah, 
And so he's like, now he's like, oh, I'm going to beat Poseidon and I'm going to be like the king of the Atlantis and I'm going to live with her forever. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's not. I was like, three months ago, you couldn't wait to get back to Lana. Now you're going to live in, in the ocean? Did that like, okay, so Frank Miller's doing the whole pop balloon in the square boxes the whole time. Yeah. The narration just felt weird in this book. Like, it just felt off. Like, purposeless. It's, it's just like rambling. Like, it jumped so, so much. But like, I'm like reading it, I'm going, really? Like, how is that? What is your thought process? Now you're going to live in the ocean? Like, yeah, it makes no sense. Like, like the story makes no sense, and the telling of the story is just doesn't flow at right. all. Right. And then you go into issue three, and it's like, the the Isn't Atlantean people or whatever. The Why would you live in the ocean? Yeah. Like, like the Atlantean people are like being attacked by like some kind of submarine or something. Yeah. And then he's just like, okay, see you guys later. And then he leaves and goes back. Like it just jumps. Like there's no goodbye to her. There's nothing. It's just like okay, I'm gone. And then he leaves and he's like, oh, I'm back on Earth. Oh. I should go to college. And he's like, so I'm going to go to K-State. And I got my degree. And now I'm going to move to Metropolis. And I'm going to be a reporter. And how is that a year? <laughs> I don't know. It's one year, right? It right. covered like 25 years. Yes. It's not year I mean, one at all. It just, and how is this the same writer who wrote Batman year one? It's a near perfect know. book. I have no idea. But it was very disjointed. It was very not great yeah okay. i mean okay so we agree it's horrible all right go to your young all right so what i've what i've learned after reading one two three four five six seven eight nine so i read ten more of these how many more terrorist attacks did they foil right where there was like a hostage situation like every issue i don't know that this experiment's going real well because hmm. the guy figured that out after like two Every friggin' issue, all it is is a giant battle. Yeah. Like, and I would argue that Savage Dragon was the same thing, but somehow it makes it much. It's so much better. Right? I'm gonna introduce like eight new characters. Yeah, and then we're just gonna battle. Because like There's I, I took notes. He just hit the nail on the head. And like every single time they had to introduce about a billion fucking characters, so they could have another five options the crossover end. type things. Whereas Savage Dragon at least had one character that it focused on that all they did was kick ass all the time. This didn't know what the hell it wanted to so be. Wait. So, Bloodstrike and Brigade, the first two issues or first three issues of each one of those yeah. are crossover. And they're like the Blood Brothers saga. Oh, uh, yeah, the Blood Brothers saga. And so it's, you find out that, Blood, that uh, Cabot, who is the leader of Bloodstrike... Yeah. And um, he's the brother of the other dude. He's the, the brother of, of the leader of Brigade. Yeah. And they're both like in this. So there's this there's this government program where they bring back superheroes from the dead. Right. And so like all of Bloodstrike has been like killed and then brought back. And then uh, Battlestone, who is the leader of Brigade, 
like you find out through these issues that he's like they're like oh yeah he's like why do you think he's all yellow like why is his skin yellow he's all jaundiced it's like he's been dead and been brought back and his team is like what what are you talking about like he's dead and then he comes back and they're like yeah but i mean like i started when i started i was like making like detailed stuff and then like for brigade number three this is what i wrote down in my notes <laughs> more fighting shogun which shogun is like the big metal guy or whatever shoots stasis out of her chamber new character roman appears he appears to be a clone of submariner like that's the issue like they fight introduce a new character who is a total knockoff of submariner <laughs> and then like you know i get to to like uh i'm coming up and i'm like um Supreme Isn't number that four. Most of the characters, though, in Leapfield's universe, they were knockoffs of some type of other character. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so then Chap Yap comes on with like the Young Blood annual or whatever. There's like a Young Blood annual. Yeah. His art's kind of cool. Yeah. It's um, the the I like strike, it. I really, dude, I was so digging on the uh, Young Blood strike file. Oh, yeah. The, um, uh, what's his face? Um, yeah, this dude. Oh, Jay Lee. Jay Lee. His art is freaking amazing. Like right out the gate, like early on on Youngblood, like on an image. Yeah. Like, dude, he hits the floor fucking running. What's what funny, he Dan, was doing? Dan Frogger does Blood Strike, and I love Dan Frogger. He's an amazing artist. But this uh -huh. earlier is a little rough. So this is like early, early on. I mean, he's yeah. starting to break out. No, I, I I like it. It's good, and, but and, it's definitely a life of clone. Right. But I think he starts out that way. But yeah. Fraga throws so much detail in yeah. the backgrounds and stuff. Like, nobody else does it. Well, Fraga's amazing. I'm just saying, yeah. this one's like his like early stuff. It's not quite all. No. Hard. No, it's it's not like the greatest stuff. But, um, and then, so. Yeah, it like, looks like we got um, Wolverine, red... Cable, and maybe a female Deadpool or something there going on. Definitely. But like Team Youngblood number one, like that's Chappy App's book. Like he mm -hmm. started doing Team Youngblood. And I mean, this is what I wrote down. It's Sentinel, Riptide, Cougar, Photon, and Masada. So Masada is a new character. Like there's a space station that's been taken over by Geiger, who's a guy that they've been running through the through the books. Um, Sentinel requests like like they the government comes and says, We need you to go up and check out the space station because this crazy motherfucker is taking it over and he's threatening to kill the world so you need to go up there and take it back and he's like well i can't do it with just the people i have i need like the other young blood team he's like nope they're busy and like he's like well i'm gonna get some help and they're like okay go get whoever you want and so like he goes and recruits this guy Doug, which is a new character and i was looking through the indicia Dutch is actually a character that's created by Chap Yap, and it says trademark by Chap Yap. Nice. So they do, Brock Blackhub does give like some credit. Some they credit. do create, but I don't know who Dutch is. Like, he's not like, you know, he's not like Shaft. He's not like uh, Prophet. I mean, sure. you know, he's a, he didn't take off, I guess, or whatever, you know. But yeah, of course, Chap Yap. But I mean, and I read, I, I read like one or two of Supreme, and I mean, that's all Supreme is. It's just fighting. It's funny, like, in the letter pages. Pages, like kind of skim them and supreme is the book where they have that team called heavy metal which i've been talking about yeah the the dudes that write into that book the letters 
they can't stand heavy metal. They're like, please don't have Supreme be part of heavy metal. Like, get heavy metal out of the book. Like, nobody likes heavy metal. Like, nobody likes that team at all. It's so funny. Like, every letter publishes this, like, he wouldn't be teamed up with this team. Like, get rid of it. We don't like it, you know? It's it's, it's hilarious. But uh, hilarious. anyway, yes, I mean, yeah, there's a few things that, like, happened, you know, like with, with the brigade and the blood. But all it is is they get together well, and no, they fight. Yeah, there's no story. They just get together and fight. And then you get little pieces of yeah. Yeah, little bitty pieces of story. Um, it's being, I like, I want to go back and, like, revisit everything like at that time like look at cyber force you know look yeah. at spawn like i'm pretty familiar with spawn i'm like savage dragon like i'm sure that all of them were kind of like trying to like you were saying like with savage dragon like, you know, there's some regression but i think all of them were kind of like trying to just you know feel yeah. it out yeah, and it's it would be interesting to go back to the beginning and see like what the first few issues. Well, I've reread the first well, few issues of Shadowhawk too, but I mean like you know I don't really remember Wildcats at all. I don't really remember Cyberforce at all. Like yeah. I don't remember Wetworks like at all. You know like Wetworks is pretty bad. Cyberforce was okay. Was that I felt like while Spawn took some of that superhero type of ideas, at least it had a fairly original idea at the time of that kind of hell right. versus heaven type of perspective. Well, and he he really played around with it quite a bit in those early issues, even though maybe stumbled here and there. It at least didn't seem like he was ripping off something all the time. Whereas I felt like every freaking issue of Youngblood or anything out of Lightfield's you know, area seemed like every freaking character had some pieces from other DC right. Marvel universes. There's, there's a character in here called Lethal, which I can't remember what issue it'd be in, but right here. She's, she it's Deadpool. a freaking female Deadpool. He just said that. Exactly. Oh, I did that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I said it Wolverine. looks like Cable, a female Deadpool, and a freaking Wolverine all there on the cover. Yeah. 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 Cable. Yeah. Dead. That dude. <laughs> Wolverine. Yeah. Wolverine. Wolverine. Deadpool. And cable. Yeah. Exactly. It is. Exactly. But uh, no. Yeah. So I wasn't. But uh. All right. Cool. Cool, man. That's all I got. That's, that's all I got. I'm gonna probably keep trying to read them. I'm gonna choke through. I really want to get to Profit because I think Profit might be better. No. That's not. Uh, keep hoping. I'm sure. I'm hoping Mark. It's did. got Stephen Platt art though. I'm starting to get to the point now where I'm like, I'm hoping Mark never comes through with like those other issues because yeah, maybe I don't even really want them anymore. Maybe there's a reason why I didn't buy them back then. Just go read them on that uh, comic book website. Too. Yeah. There I don't you know. go. Okay. They they read fairly quickly. I hope you take them all and bind them into like extreme verse and make that would be cool, wouldn't it? In, in order. miniseries well and then it didn't come out but it was late and then he launched the first issue 
of the other one and it talks about like how he died yeah and there's like letter pages and they're like what the what the hell like why did you release number one before number four <laughs> like how do we have to you know what i mean like, yeah i don't know it's yeah it's almost like the whole todd mcfarland thing oh, where he can't, started, where yeah. he can't <laughs> number shit you know i can't i'm like they're late they're so late i'm just gonna release the next issue i'll come back to those all right. All right. That's how I'm we count in Canada. That's how we count Canada. That's right. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got. Cool. Thanks for hanging out. It's been good. It's been fun. Yes. All right. It has been fun. I'm going to Take care, you end guys. the live broadcast. We'll do it again in two weeks. You know, that's like.